0: day 40s bananas specficmedia.com presents consumption with hosts pg holyfield chooch viv and christiana ellis and again i forget to mute uh christiana (laughs) the intros come on everybody and welcome to episode 19 of uh specficmedia.com presents consumption Uh, Today is Wednesday, January 29th, uh, 2014. Uh, Each week, as always, we uh, get together to talk about the media we are consuming. And uh, when we can, we try to get someone who is creating as well. And today, tonight, we have uh, just the honor of having one of uh, podcasting's first uh, fiction creators uh, who has gone on to do wonderful things in not only fiction, but uh, tran- the transmedia world and uh, has a new project starting up. That's uh, Mr. J.C. Hutchins. Hey, J.C., how are you? Hey, everybody. Hutchdown. <laughs> <that's>,
1: <laughs> <down. Let> <laughs> safely so it. it is an absolute pleasure to be on the show, guys. I, uh, when PG uh, gave me a shout, I nearly fell out of my chair because oh. um, I, I I, the thing was is that not, not only um, am I just so happy to be here to talk to you guys um, and your, you, your peeps out there in the world, but we're old friends. We it's, you know, and, and it's gone back. What? Like I was doing the math like seven years, eight yeah. years. Yeah. Well, it was uh, like spring
2: 2006 is when, 2006. you know, cause uh, a lot of people may not remember that. Uh, I launched episode one of Nina Kimberly and, uh, Seven, episode one of Seventh Son launched like the same week, even right? Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah.
1: maybe even like the same day. I can't even remember, but yeah, it was mm-hmm. uh, we were nearly lockstep on that. Yeah, and you were you were there first, but it was um such a I mean like, it was a different world in so many ways. But yeah. um you know it's also been really interesting because we learn how to communicate. You know, when yeah. nobody was actually watching or looking, so we, right. we became savvy online communicators before <laughs> it was cool to be a savvy online communicator. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And uh, before I forget, uh, when you said "Hey everybody," I just I I stole that for every podcast that I do. I say "Hey everybody" <laughs> when I start. So I'm honored.
3: Uh, I'm honored. Uh, Thank you. That is, if that only is we it's you. the
0: PG "Hey everybody,"
3: uh, yeah. do "Hey
0: everybody," but uh, yeah, I do my best. But uh. we
2: we could have given you a story so far to read if we'd planned ahead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes.
0: uh. Uh, but, uh, before we get into it, I just want to say hey to everybody else. Mr. Chooch, how are you doing this week? Doing very well. Awesome. Uh, did you get some snow up there? Yeah,
4: it's been, yeah, yeah, it's not (laughs) been my
0: thing. (laughs) Ah, yeah, well, we're kind of over
3: the snow. We had
0: a couple inches here and of course that shuts down Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm. So, uh, and all the roads, uh. You know, pretty much everything melted away today and then get the call from the school that schools are closed again tomorrow. So, wow. yeah, it's just crazy. Um, and of course, JC and
3: Christiana both live in snowy zones, too. Well, yeah, Places I mean, like that are used to it, though, at least.
2: <laughs> yeah, like we haven't gotten anything like out of the ordinary here, really. I mean, it's it's been cold, but not over a lot, not a lot of snow
1: here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and similar mileage in the Denver area. Um, it's actually pretty like notoriously mild here in Denver. I mean, summers are mm-hmm. warm, but they're not they're not scorchers, and the winters are often pretty mild. And, and so it's three hundred sunny days a year. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 beautiful here. You guys can come anytime you want. The crash <laughs> on the crash. Oh, um, don't
3: make it. that offer. Like, are willing for us yeah. to show up because we do that. Yeah. I need to remember that
2: you're out there so when I uh, when I'm because my family's all out there still obviously. Well, that's so right, when yeah, I go we, visit right, need to have yeah. lunch or
1: something. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and, and um, that was so much fun because like I think it was like within the first maybe month or two that I was living in the Denver area, um, Christiana came home for, for holidays. And mm. We were able to spend some time together. That was really cool. Oh. So,
3: yeah. <laughs> if we'd had a longer layover in Denver, we would have called you up, but we were literally just at the airport hanging out and then gone again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On January first, which was a very exciting day for your (laughs) for your locale.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) It just it just hit me, man. Yeah. (laughs) Real exciting. Yeah. Wait, there aren't people watching this, are there? (laughs) Never. Yeah, there are. When you read the Denver Post, there are two kinds of stories on the front page. There, there are either football stories and Denver Broncos stories, mm-hmm. right? This is, this is a big deal. Right. Or, or there, or there's pot stories. And now with um, the local team going to the Super Bowl, all we have on the front page are Super Bowl stories and pot stories together. Wow. It's together. chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah. So we're selling all kinds. We're selling newspapers out the Wazoo. <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask if as a. Denver transplant. If you're excited about this weekend, big uh, game coming out.
1: Oh uh, no! Well, I mean, <laughs> go team. Yeah. Okay,
3: Yay, go <laughs> team. Go team. Fill in the blanks. Yeah. Oh. Uh, How about you, PG? Are you going to be watching the Super Bowl?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, you know, team. doing a party or anything that I've done in the past. Just going to enjoy it. So be good.
3: We'll do the I'll, same I'll, thing I'll we turn, do. I'll
0: turn away from it to watch Sherlock though, so I don't unless, oh, it's, like best, unless it's like the best game ever. They have I priorities, know. yeah. Yeah. But, we uh,
3: just finished watching Well no, we're only halfway through the the most recent Sherlock.
4: Episode two of series series three. I like the
2: I like the uh the second episode for this series better than the uh the first one. The first one suffered from exactly the problems I expected it to have. Right. We can discuss that in more detail if you guys want, but I yeah. know you guys talked about it last week.
0: No, we wanted to definitely touch on We uh, can always talk
5: about Martin Freeman <laughs> and the other guy.
4: Yeah, Viv and I hadn't seen <laughs> it yet last week. So now yeah. we have seen it, so now we can actually talk about it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's let's actually, I wanted to go ahead and talk to JC some about his... His new project, um, which is called the Thirty Three, um, it starts up. Is it tomorrow or is it?
1: It's Friday, the thirty-first. 30 yeah. uh,
0: so, tell guys, us I I don't Sherlock. So sure. Is that okay? That's all. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's not okay, but we're gonna forgive. Yes, it you. is totally can still, okay. Can we Look, still man, be friends? Nobody's,
3: <laughs> perfect. Yeah. nobody's perfect. Nobody's <laughs> okay. perfect. Okay. No judgment. There's no judgment. All right. It, I've been I've been meaning to get to it. Just be you, J.C. Just be you. All right. Okay. All right.
1: I, I had a lot of anxiety when I saw that PG wanted to talk about Sherlock on on today's show. <laughs> I thought, my God, I don't have enough time to cram.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I mean I, there are things that all of us don't watch. Together or haven't watched and and there's something I kn- I heard I've uh, watched uh, your your podcast which you recently I guess the last episode you 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 announced that you were not doing is it the story for it what's what's the what's the oh name? yeah what's the name? yeah
1: so um so I for yeah for more than a year uh, I was co-hosting a podcast about kind of like transmedia storytelling which is kind of like a fancy way of saying. Multimedia storytelling, and I can, you know, deep geek with you guys about what it is, but um, I was co-hosting the show with a with a with an icon in the transmedia industry named uh, Steve Peters. And um, yeah, the last episode that I, I appeared on, which debuted a couple of weeks ago, I announced that I was leaving um, very amicably. It's just that I wanted to have some some extra time to work on um, some personal projects, including and in, you know, now and I didn't mention it on the show, but the 33 was the, the main reason. And uh, mostly, I wanted to spend most of my my microphone time um, doing the audiobook version of these stories that I was writing. And and I was really on the fence about if I was going to narrate them them myself. uh, myself. But um, in the end, I thought it was going to be a a good choice to make. And so that's one of the reasons why I I politely bowed out. But, But the show will go on, I know that. (laughs)
0: But on there, you talked about uh, you 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 had watched. I think Babylon Five was that one of the series. Yeah, and I've never I've and to your point about Sherlock, I've never watched an episode of Babylon Five.
1: Oh, okay. Well, well, you know, love love, I hate the sin, love the sinner, right? Or whatever. (laughs) We're we're okay. We're okay.
0: But uh, so the thirty three, it's -hmm. going to be ebook and audio. Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's um. this is my first time kind of talking about it. So I'm, I'm glad to be among friends talking about it. So <laughs> but, but, but I don't have my spiel down. I don't have my elevator pitch finally. Due, so, so please pardon me being uh, rough around the edges. But um, so the 33 is essentially kind of like my take on ebook publishing the way I wanted to do it um I had some public some books published by same arms press a few years ago and that was a great experience um and but I kind of thought I had this idea for a series of stories that were kind of inspired by comic books and and tv shows and the tv season kind of narrative arc of a tv season and the episodic nature of tv series and the episodic nature of comic books so like you know comic books will have like a four-issue arc, and then they'll have like a one or a two, you know, one-shot stories that are standalone, and then they'll start a six-issue arc, right? And you see that uh, being mimic- mimicked in um in co- in a television episodic television too. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be neat to kind of have, have like an ongoing season-based, you know, narrative in which you introduce like a steady stream of of characters with your guest characters coming in, but you have like a beating Core of like three main characters, main characters that are always in every single episode, and um, kind of like had them kind of do adventures of the week or monster of the week stories or longer kind of you know narratives that kind of extend over several short stories, and so that's kind of and that sat in my head for years and years and. I finally just kind of you know, told myself that I was going to be, I was sick and tired of hearing myself talk about doing something. <laughs> and I was tired of hearing myself talk about writing the 33 and I decided to just go ahead and do it. And so the, the first uh, episode, um, which will be released in an ebook and an audiobook, um, will be released yeah on Friday. So it's kind of like sci-fi supernatural thriller, 18 meets the X-Files meets Hellboy. It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of everything yeah. that, that uh, it, it's everything that I like kind of thrown into the blender.
2: Well, released on Friday, but we got sneak preview. Yeah, I sent you guys a preview. <laughs> uh, I listened. I listened to the the first that first episode today, and uh, you know, thumbs up from from um, my end. Um, I think I think especially just early on, you do a great job of uh, laying out those little teasing and uh, you know, interest provoking details at a really good pace you know so you have uh, you know I'm obviously not spoiling anything but I just mean uh you have all the little breadcrumb tidbits that make you uh, say well I want to
1: know more about that and you just
2: wow. kind of pace them yeah. out very uh great pacing
1: for it yeah. like that so thank, thank you thank you yeah I mean I've been studying television a lot um the past few years and and uh, the more, you know, and, and watching you know, shows like Babylon 5 and trying to figure out, oh, you know, and trying to reverse engineer stories, right? And, like, mm-hmm. DVDs and, like, Netflix binge viewing is, is great for this, right, You know, for for storytellers because mm-hmm. you can kind of see what worked and what didn't, but when you when you hit, like, a particularly uh, resonant plot point and pay off to that plot point, you can then reverse engineer and see, well, how did they do that? How did they set that up? And so I've been trying to do that with – um with you know with the television that i've been watching so that i can take the the best lessons and incorporate them into 33 so so um some of the the breadcrumbs that you that you deliberately see right um it's i'm glad that you saw them i'm I'm like yes that's so cool um but but of course you know there's like things hiding in in plain you know i'm not going to say it's like some kind of like uh, we're not talking about lost here, right? Um, mm. But, but, but um, you know, or fringe. But, but there are things that are hiding in plain sight now that are that are there. That when you read or listen to episode twelve of the thirty-three, you can then go back to the first ep- episode and say. He had this in mind the whole time, and, mm. and you know, and that's kind of like the Babylon Five lesson that I learned was that what J. Michael Straczynski really had a vision for his his what five season arc of, was it five yeah,
2: seasons? I think that's right. Although what you know, I'm not an expert in Babylon Five. I have watched the whole run, but uh, I think one of the interesting things about that show that ties into that, you know, he had this whole arc planned. But then there was just all these constant production changes forcing him to shift it a little bit one way or another way. It's like, oh, this actor's leaving the show, so have to come up with some reason why that's happening. (laughs) uh, Yeah. um, And it's kind of like, oh, let's have our big finale. Wait, what? We get another season after all? Oh, okay. Well, how do we have another (laughs) season now? Okay, but he makes it work, you know, and so, but that's, I think that's what's interesting about it is it really has that balance of he did have a plan, but then there were also several things that Mm -hmm. outside of his control in there. But uh, yeah, as opposed to something like Lost where it becomes clear that call it a plan really is more like, well, we have some concept art for what might happen in the ending and that's really about it, but we can call that a plan
1: yeah yeah it's kind of like the plan the way the Cylons had a plan yeah <laughs> hey, maybe there Cylons could be a polar a bear it. on the island somewhere yeah um but but so that's kind of been you know some of the the kind of the inspirational touch points you know creatively, and um it's been a lot of fun to to finally sit down and write prose fiction again. I mean, I, the, certainly among you guys and your, your listeners and your viewers, I'm probably best known as, you know, the, the Seventh Son guy, the guy that wrote, you know, the trilogy of, of novels and released them as podcasts. And, um, and after my kind of experience in traditional publishing, I um, decided, you know, and in, in the, the mixed success you know, that, that we saw there I decided to go ahead and kind of leave publishing for a bit and embrace a trans-transmedia storytelling career, and um, and so for years I have been away from prose fiction and you know telling stories in probably the the medium. That I'm best—that I was born to write in, and so it's really great to be back writing, um, writing prose fiction again, and, and writing a uh, sci-fi stories, and not having to worry about budget or uh, or if my actor—if no no actors is going to leave my show, I'll just kill them. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, so that's it's just going to—it's been in some respects kind of a homecoming, and that has been a very positive experience for me, and, and I hope it, I hope that what I've written is a positive experience for the
0: people. So, are there 33 clones? Is that how we're
1: <laughs> yeah? Should I give you? Should I, I give you the elevator pitch?
0: I wanted, <laughs> I, yeah, I wanted to be the 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 first person to ask that question to you because I knew you're going to hear that. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. What's, what's with me in these number titles, right? The, the 33, seven son. Um, I, the, the, I remember the. You skipped a couple in there somewhere. Right. <laughs> right,
0: right. You meant you started, I mean, you mentioned the 33. I think you had this idea probably what, like 2008, 2009. Cause the I remember. world needs the 33.
1: The
3: world needs the 33,
0: 2008.
1: And it was yeah. going to, it was going to be my next big podcast fiction project. And, um, and then, um, you know, it's like when I started, you know, when I went into the, the the mainstream publishing with seven sun and personal effects. Um, and I became kind of, I mean, I don't want to tell you that I'm not going to share the whole sob story with you, but I let, nearly spent all of 2009, like promoting those two novels that were both released in 2009. And I was laid off during that time. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was spending money um, a, a very small, like an increasingly smaller amount of my savings, right. To promote the, you know, those books and eventually went into the, And that was Mm. really scary. And so it's like, you know, know, bouncing checks and stuff. And so, you know, I was, and so I had to kind of have a come to Jesus talk with myself at the end of 2009 and just Mm. kind of figure out, you know, like, like, what's your goal? Is your goal to be a novelist? Or is your goal just to make, like a living wage with your words. Like, can you just make it simple, right? Like, can you just make a living writing? And if you can do that, then you can come back to not writing novels sometime, but like, you know, and giving away your fiction maybe someday, or or doing audiobook fiction again. Uh, but, but why don't you just try to carve out a career just telling stories and getting paid to do it, and making a living wage, and then come back to this stuff? Well, it's mm. been what, so if that was 2008, 2009, so several years later I've, I've come back to that um, because I did make that career and I, and I, and I did tell the stories in the transmedia space and, and continue to um, so so yes this has been online for for literally years
0: <laughs> yeah and did the uh, sort of the change in how ebooks um, have progressed over the last you know since that time since 2008 2009 where you're seeing a lot more Short form you know I mean that's the great thing about ebooks is that you know uh, word count doesn't matter anymore as far as you know what you're producing uh, or what you're releasing so you can do things whether it's serialized like you're talking about with us or um, you know just short stories one-offs that you can do you know sell for 99 cents what have you um, so did, did sort of the 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 change or the evolution of things over the last few years sort of affect how you, Plan to release this? Uh, yes, you know, these I mean, a-
1: absolutely. I mean, when we when we were you know doing the the early days of podcast fiction, for instance, we had a lot of you know folks saying like, "Can I can I buy your book?" And, no, you can't buy my book because I want to you know send it to a traditional publisher, or why don't you make a PDF available, or why don't you put it on the Sony store with the Sony e-reader because Kindles didn't even exist and iPads weren't a glimmer in anybody's eye then. This magic sheet of glass that talks to the sky. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing stuff. Right? It me, it was like nothing, nothing like that existed. Um, yeah. and and one of the things that that I had been really keen to do is um is keen to watch how the space matured when when you know self-published authors were coming to the Kindle marketplace in those early days. They were they were pricing their stuff very very low and, and I was and I was skittish to, to get into the self-publishing business um, because I didn't want to charge 99 cents for my novel so I thought that my novels would be worth worth more than that right but, but at that time I, I think that you know readers and like, like, like early adopters were coming but kind of like the people that we consider conventional readers who have disposable income and aren't totally cheap uh, misers, uh, finally came to the marketplace. And so as, as more people have come, their willingness to spend a, more appropriate amounts of money from our, from a creator's perspective, at least kind of increased. And so that's when mm-hmm. I decided to to finally get in and noticing the flexibility of pricing, even for short fiction, as you said, uh, PG was, was super important for
0: me. Mm-hmm.
1: Very cool.
2: I mean, so, I, I saw a study recently and, or, it was not even really a study. It was just a a survey, you know, demographic survey of like, well, you know, how many books a year do you read? How do you read them? um, That sort of thing. And unfortunately, I was just doing a little bit of Googling to see if I could find it again. And I couldn't, but uh, it was saying that uh, it basically, first of all, people read more now than they used to, um, you know, like even just 10 years ago. Um, And a lot of the growth, people are thinking is coming from ebook market and so it's it's not the majority but it's a pretty substantial chunk anymore of people who are reading you know four or five books a year are reading a bunch of those on ebook format and I think because people are buying most of those people are buying you know say Amazon Kindle Store books or you know iBooks on their uh, you know iOS devices and, you know, those are not 99 cent books, generally. Right. So I think you're right that, uh, you know, that race to the bottom for the pricing, fortunately, I mean, it's understandable why that happened, but I think that that has largely passed.
1: Yeah, and anecdotally, I mean, I'm sure that there's data to, to, to support this, but I, I'm i not a data guy, so I don't have any. But Anecdotally, I'm learning that, um, that it, as a matter of fact, like if you're selling a novel, for ninety nine cents, that actually you know says something about how you perceive the work or the, the perceived quality mm-hmm. of the work, and, and that consumers are increasingly becoming uh, less inclined to to even spend the ninety nine cents on something that they probably you know that they suspect is kind of lousy. they'd
2: rather they'd
1: rather spend five dollars on a on a more established name.
2: Like and so this is something that I, I've thought about a little bit more less in terms of like eBooks and more in terms of uh, comics, like digital comics. Mm -hmm. is that a lot of people complain that digital comics cost the same as the print version. And they say, well, you know, there's so much less overhead, it should be cheaper. But at the same time, at least from my own perspective, I'm thinking, given that right now they're priced exactly the same and I choose to buy the digital one, why should it be cheaper? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Well, it's a
1: convenience fee. I mean, I don't have to go to yeah. the damn store. I mean, that's well, I'll happily so, pay the premium. Yeah.
2: So something like uh, you know what you're doing, if it's not available in 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 uh, you know you know you're not buying a paperback, for example, you're buying the ebook. I think for a long time people thought of ebook as like inherently lesser. Like, well, you're not getting print, but you're getting ebook. Which is maybe almost as good. But I think, anymore, with a lot of people preferring to read it in ebook format, it's more like this is how you can get it in your preferred format. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fascinated yeah, yeah. me with comics because it seems to me like, or at least the stereotype is that comics and comic collectors, that they're fetishist for objects and they want to be able to resell stuff. Why not and,
2: me <laughs>
5: yeah, but but it
4: seems it seems like that is a false mindset that that's just a bad stereotype, and that most people mm-hmm. really don't care about that aspect of it that that's really is a more a further niche of a niche well mm-hmm. i think yeah. I think
2: where that came from is for a long time when there were no digital comics, you're paying a lot of money, and now you have these things in your house, mm-hmm. and if you're just sitting and you're not treating them well, it feels more like you wasted your money, like you have this thing. You're not just going to throw it in the dumpster or something. Well, do you have to, like, preserve it? Well, maybe then it's still worth something. And that's how that all kind of leads in. But, boy, I found it just, like, it was a blessed relief to not have to have all those boxes of comics in my house. Or didn't
3: bag it. Yeah. Mm Yeah. And
2: so I actually still have a bunch of my comics from when I used to, you know, read them in print. But I stopped for a long time specifically because it was starting to get out of control. It's like, where do I put all of these? It's starting to be a pain to have them all. But then yeah. I started again with, you know, with digital. It's like, oh, look, I still get to read it. It looks great. It's convenient. I don't have to go out in the snow to buy them. And, uh, <laughs> and and I can re-download it anytime I want. You know, like in theory, it's possible comiXology would go under, and then we might lose them somehow that way. But honestly, not super worried about it, really. So yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, that's like where I'm same, at, anyway. Same type of argument you get about, you know, digital video games and you know xbox live and psn and people are like well you know why don't why don't they offer them at a 10 dollar discount and you know instead of 59 dollars make it 49 dollars mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i'm like I, I why you know i i want like you said a convenience fee of just being able to download it it's always going mm-hmm. to be there i can delete it and i don't have you know a disc or anything a box that i have to keep although i still you know i'm one of the people that that they create these you know, special editions for because I like the little <laughs> yeah. gosh cheese. <Nice>. Yes. <laughs> A statue? Um, yeah, you
2: just any time someone hey, says I that. says that stuff, I, I always just want to say, well, look, if your position is that uh, if your position is that the physical copy is superior, then why don't you just go buy that one? You know, if you're buying the digital one and just complaining about the price when you could go and buy the physical one, you have right. undermined your entire argument. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can
3: tell you that I am a very tactile person. I prefer to have a paper book and feel it and smell it and, you know, really get involved in that. But recently I've been slowly turning over to ebooks as my friends keep releasing them. And, um, so I got really frustrated for the very first time because there was a knitting book that I wanted. I had checked it out of the library, dug it, and I went to buy it online, and there was no ebook version. It's <gasps> it's like dead tree only. And for somebody that wants to just have a book and go, especially in that format where I can zoom in and and check stuff out, it's just like, honey, please digitize your books. I will throw money at you, please. <laughs> so I think I that tell. there's. know. Yep. Yeah, and, and I mean I'll I'll wait until she puts it out on the candle too, but it's just one of those things where you kind of have to be that flexible and that fluid and that open to the transmedia stuff that you're doing, JC.
1: Yeah, that's, that stuff's weird. I mean and um you know the and that that, that stuff takes you know, frankly takes money, more money and more time than I yeah. than I than I have for the thirty three. So for a lot of the transmedia work that I've done for hire um, I've worked with uh, marketing agencies that work closely with you know, the film and television studios to create these kind of like viral promotion uh, websites that um, are actually set in the fictional worlds of the shows and the movies that they're promoting. You know, so like I did something for Almost Human, the new Fox show that I know that you show. guys like. Right, yeah. Yeah. and uh, and so you know we did we did a, a website that is set you know in as kind of like a fictional police database for the show right and you you visit the site and you look through it through it and you can read the personnel dossiers on the characters and you know learn about some of the the future technology on the show and stuff like that and i did another one recently for the new x-men movie that's coming out and it was like magneto was involved in the jfk assassination and read the long magazine journalism story that JC wrote about it. And it was really, it was totally, it was, it, that stuff's really cool. But that stuff takes like, like a dozen, two dozen, three dozen people to execute slickly and professionally. I mean, cause you want the quality of this fictional artifact, even if it's online to rival right. or, you know, the quality of the film, the motion picture that you're going to see or the television series. Right. Um taking that. I, I, so, but,
0: I have to stop you for a second. Cause I don't want to get away from this. Uh, Go to the X, what, what's the website for the yeah. magic bullet? Uh-huh. or The,
1: the, the bent bullet. The
0: bent bullet. Go see this site. If you, like me, uh, you know, growing up just was obsessed with the whole JFK, you know, uh, assassination, the whole mystique about the family. And I mean, uh, just the website itself for that is cool. And then the whole thing tied into the, the uh, X-Men Days of Future Past and and then Magneto and just the the stuff that you did for that is uh, pretty damn incredible. So thank uh, you, dude. Thank go, you. Uh, go, go, uh, go take a look at that. I'm really, I'm awesome.
1: really proud of my work on that because I, I used to be a journalist. I used to be a newspaper and magazine writer. So, uh, and you know, you kind of combine that with my lifelong love for an interest in like conspiracy theories. It was like, it was a perfect fit. You know, it was, it was such a fun thing to do. Um, but all of that stuff, you know, takes time, like hundreds of thousands of dollars and dozens of people to execute. Um, and in contrast, something like the 33. While trust me, you know, one of the things that I've one of the lessons I've been able to do one uh, one of the lessons I've been able to learn being a transmedia storyteller for hire is to observe clever ways to create opportunities to tell these interesting stories off on the side that you know that are kind of related to the movie the x-men movie but not but you know but if you never if you never read the website you'd never you know you'd never lose anything but if you do read the website your interest and um your enjoyment of the movie is increased right so it's almost kind of like you know kind of like bonus material Mm. and it's stuff that takes place off screen well the 33 was designed from the ground up to accommodate, you know, comic books and film and video games and, and music and all kinds of, spin-off series and young adult series and horror series and all, I mean, like, my mind is just kind of spilling out with all the ideas of, you know, where the, the story world of the 33 can go. Cause in the world of the 33, this is all, you know, magic exists and you know uh, rogue uh, artificial intelligences exists and um you know mythological creatures exist and uh, and
2: I, all I, I don't want to ruin it but the line where you, you establish that in the first episode is pretty great
1: which one? Oh, you can um, say it okay, no well cares. just
2: the bit where the uh creole Thinks he's being sarcastic is like, oh, what you're saving people from like robotic yetis and yeah. and uh, <laughs> stuff like that and and then the guy just
1: goes, yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and right, right. Just, just another day at the office yeah. for these guys, right? <laughs> and, and so and, and so, but one of the things that you have to do is like, well, if, you know, for me as a storyteller, and I hope. I hope I'm not boring you guys. Okay. This is, I get really self-conscious when I talk about crap because <laughs> I don't want to bore anybody. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that, um, uh, if, as I said to myself, well, if I want to have a world where, you know, magic exists and monsters exist and, you know, gods plural exist and, you know, and a, a, a origin story for the universe that, you know, that we haven't seen in conventional mythologies exists and, how how does all of this work, and what's the system? You know, what's the system that kind of su- that can support all of these preposterous things and let them peacefully coexist, right? Um, mm-hmm. Without you know clearly conflicting each other, because you know gods plural directly can you know conflicts with anyone who's a christian for instance you know there's just all kinds of incompatibilities Mm -hmm. and whatnot uh and so what i had to do was like in the process of deep diving and creating an origin story for the for the universe which i'll reveal someday i'm sure um i was able to create um a creative foundation that could accommodate the horror spinoff series and the young adult series and the child series and the of the coloring book series i don't care <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and so and so that's really kind of um intimidating in one respect because suddenly the canvas that you're painting on isn't just you know the size of an index card it's the size of a, of a billboard right and that's a little that's a little scary um, but then i just kind of dialed it back and kind of thought about okay well all of those spin-off series and all of that transmedia stuff and you know, and, and fictional albums that you know, like like top forty hits in the world of the thirty three. Well, make enough money, Hutch, and you can you can pay a pop singer to sing that top forty song right i mean but what you got to do is make the money and in order to make the money you got to write the 33 Prime. you got to write the first series right and so the 33 is and, I, and i'm only going to say this because I, I have neglected to say it up to this point um the 33 is about um 33 misfits 33 men and women who have been um brought together by a mysterious man named mr inns uh, who um, has who believes that each one of them is uniquely qualified to save the world on on a regular basis? And so each week or each month, um, a new threat you know you know ha- happens and a new supernatural or technological threat you know looms over the world. And it's up to the these crazy, flaky misfit characters uh, in the 33 to kind of work together uh, and get over each other's personal neuroses to work together to, to solve the problem. So
0: that's that's kind of what it's like. So just want to make sure I understand the 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 connection between the two, the audio and the ebook. Are you are they released day and day at the same time? Is it the same for example, I, I believe the first section you said it, I think is going to be like four episodes, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, so um is you know, the ebook book four, four episodes or serialized uh, stories yeah. in the same so way.
1: When I first con- concocted the 33, I thought, well, I just want to have standalone stories. I just want to make this episodic. I don't want to make it a serialized story. Um, I don't want to tell a four-part story. But then I mapped out and I plotted out the premiere, you know, or the, the pilot episode, which is you know uh, called pramantha is the name of, of the story. Um, I realized that it was going to probably be it was probably going to weigh in at about 40,000 words. And this is the entrepreneur in me, right? So here's the the businessman putting on his hat. And i was mm-hmm. like, you know, if I spend, you know, dozens of hours writing forty thousand words, I can't ethically permit myself to charge only a dollar ninety nine for that. Like that's a that's a four dollar product, for me, you know, like, or $3 mm-hmm. in, as a three dollar product as as an ebook. But if you're trying to create um, enthusiastic um, adoption of your new of your new series your new ebook series you got to keep the prices of those stories low and that's what I that's when I realized well okay well maybe serializing some of these adventures is a smart way to play it because I just couldn't see myself um, I couldn't permit myself to swallow the loss on that right I'd still I'd still be writing that episode um, and it still wouldn't be so, so yeah. Um, um, Pramantha, the first ep- the first like adventure of the thirty three is four episodes long. Each episode is going to be about 10,000, 12,000 words. Um, on day and date, and each in each episode will let's let's say premiere near the end of every month. And day and date, um, ebooks will be available and the audiobook. Now, I'm selling the audiobook only at my website. So, if you want to get the audio, you have to visit um, jchutchins.net and go to the store there to buy it. Um, and, and in addition to that, um, I'm going to have like a bundle that has the ebook and the audiobook. For a discount at the website, so like if you if you like to double dip and you like to read and you like to listen to your stuff, you know you can say you can save like twenty percent on on the price if you if you buy it at the site. But yeah, the audio will only be available at my site, but the audio is a straight read of whatever episode was you know, whatever text is, is um, episode is released.
2: Well, and I can vouch for the the presentation of it is is very much. Uh, in line with the way you did seventh son. So if people remember, uh, how that, how you did the read there where, you know, it's straight read, but you're, you're kind of doing inflections for all the different right. characters to distinguish their voices. So, uh, it'll, it'll really, uh, I, I know for me, uh, and I think PG said the same thing earlier that, uh, it really kind of brought back all of these Seventh son memories cause
5: you're yeah. yeah.
1: hearing you read again. Yeah. And, and, f- and for me too, man, it was, um, it's been a long time. And, um, and if you've done it and I know PG, you've done it. Well, everybody here has done it right for like, you know, a pseudopod or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, a skate pod I and mean, guest readings and whatnot. It's hard work. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's, it's harder than it sounds. Um, but man, I, I forgot how much I enjoyed it. And <laughs> so it's nice to kind of scratch that, that creative edge too. Yeah.
3: I only made it through about the first quarter of it. And I. And you turned it off because it was crap. I turned it off because <laughs> TG was calling and I figured I should get my ass on the, on the call. But um, I can't wait to listen to the rest of it. It's just like uh, Seventh Son was for me, which was like I was absolutely hooked and needed to know what was going to happen on every page from the very beginning. You were the first like full-length podcast novel that I ever listened to. And then oh, I just okay. went main line two and three because I was so late to the party that they were already out. Oh, awesome. So I got to do them all at once and I'm like kind of going, he sent it, but you have to pace yourself. So, <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things. It was really, really like they all said, <laughs> it was great to hear your voice again. The production <laughs> quality is high, just like seventh son was. It sounds great, man. Well, and if anyone is not
2: sure, what ten thousand words means in audio form. The uh, first episode's a little over an hour, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and, and I didn't. I, I, truthfully, I thought that the audio would be a little bit longer. Um, but um, you know, I thought I, I just kind of eyeball, earballed it at ninety minutes. It'll be ninety minutes, but it's not. It's that, and that actually affected the price. So, because um, I'm trying, you know, because I'm trying to keep the. The costs as competitive as low as I can, and so you know, I thought, well, I'll charge you know three ninety nine for an audio episode. Uh, but once, but you know, because it'll be ninety minutes. But um, since it's going to be sixty minutes, since I'm assuming that each episode will be around sixty minutes, it's it's two ninety nine.
0: I forgot to mention uh, up front for those of you that are watching on uh, Google Plus uh, Live, uh, we have the Q and A app up. Uh, Paulette already said hi as she always does so hi Hi, Paula Jackson and uh, but if you're watching have any questions for JC or any comments about uh, any of the stuff we'll be talking about in the next few minutes uh, feel free to ask question we'll get to it during the show Um, so let's move on over to anything you said you've had some free time Yeah, well, that's with all I this started. preparation, or at least yeah, some yeah. some time to actually consume media. Yeah, um, well, it what have uh, been what you've been watching and reading lately?
1: Well, I started. You know, here's the thing: is uh, I'm, I'm a I'm I'm a late I'm always been a, a late bloomer.
0: Always
1: been a late bloomer, and um, <laughs> so I'm always late to the and I'm always late to the party. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think I've ever told anyone this story. And it's not actually an interesting story, but it's on my mind. Is that, um, <laughs> but it's
5: just that. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
1: so, um, so Lauren Gordon was this, um, this kind of cool girl in, uh, in high school. And she worked for the student newspaper. Right? And, and I heard through the grapevine that she was going to have a party on Friday night. We didn't, I didn't have a car. We were so fucking poor. I didn't have a car. My friend didn't have a car. We took the bus. To like to, to go to her house, we found out where she lived, and we took the bus, and we got there maybe around eleven because we're thinking, hey man, you know the party's going to be cooking at eleven, and like everyone had gone home, and she's like, there's no one here, go go away, <laughs> and like close the door, and we were so heartbroken, and like. Twenty years later, I'm still late to the party. I'm I'm just now watching Veronica Mars and Orphan
3: Black. You're not oh, late.
1: Oh
2: yeah, I'm, I'm, re-watch- I'm rewatching Veronica Mars. I watched it when it was new, but I'm rewatching it
1: because the movie is coming yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm watching it. Yeah, it's great.
3: I haven't it? watched it either. It's on oh. my list to watch. Very, very. It's actually posted yeah. and noted to the front of the TV yeah. <laughs> so that I'll remember. <laughs> Chooch, choo- 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 have you seen it?
4: I know've I've seen uh, I watched three or four episodes of Orphan Black, which we've talked about on the show before. Oh,
1: and Veronica man. Mars is one of those I always wanted to start and I never yeah. got around to it. Well, well um, I, I know uh, Christiana, I know that you got something to say, but let me just say okay. this. Um, the um, the first season um, is uh, of Veronica Mars, you can buy it for like 15 bucks now. so that's that's a pretty good price.
2: Um, it's actually they just recently, if you have Amazon Prime, um, it's now free to stream all three seasons.
3: Oh, that's great! Hello,
1: yeah.
3: that's how we'll
2: be watching it. They they did that just in time for me to have already purchased
3: oh. the, the first. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well so that's <laughs> the thing, though? You. That's so, the thing though, is that we'll if we know. if we like it as much as everybody says, we'll end up buying well, it. You know,
2: the 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 thing is, is like I I like seasons two and three of that show, but especially season one. Um the season itself is like a perfectly paced, really interesting murder mystery story. Hmm. And so like the other two seasons are good, but they tend to be more good, like on an episode to episode level. And, and I'm, so I'm not complaining about those seasons, but season one, just the arc of that season, plus all the goodness of each individual episode is really kind of amazing.
1: Yeah. And, you know, And uh, that premiere, I mean, for me, it was like the pilot episode. um, You know, pilot episodes are often kind of unpolished, and Mm -hmm. you can kind of see that, you know, well, maybe I'll check out episode two. But they so clearly present kind of like the season-long problem, right, or Mm -hmm. the big Veronica Mars' big picture problem. They present So clearly, um, that uh, well, I was taking notes because when like, shit. This is going to be in the 33. I got to do it like this, right? Um, but also, it was just um, so well, well executed. I mean, I'm, I'm only like three episodes in. I'm not very far in, but I really enjoyed what, what I've seen in freaking Orphan Black, dude. Oh yeah, I haven't
3: watched that. Every time yeah. I see it, I think, God damn it, that he ripped off J.C. Hutchins.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, that's like uh, Viv. You got it, Viv. You got it.
0: That's and like will, uh, if you uh, say will, so, will.
1: then I. That's will. like I well, will. said for. Yeah, minutes. I mean, like I was because I was I was ignoring it because I'm like, look, like, I don't know, like Seven yeah. Sun is like I got a producer trying to make Seven Son into a TV show, and so I'm like, I want to like avoid watching Orphan Black. I don't want anyone to think that I ripped off Orphan Black. Right. Um But then finally, I just caved because it went because it got on sale or something. That's what yeah, I it. and you'll flip.
3: Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's right. yeah, like uh like I'm I gonna...
0: said about Helix the other <laughs> week when we before that started, I was like uh I imagined the people that that had the meeting with uh, Scott Sigler at sci Fi and oh. then three years later this show, you know, has enough of those elements from uh from Sigler from the Sigler verse that uh I had that, you know, that feeling wash over me and definitely Orphan Black does the same thing when it comes mm-hmm. to uh to JC and, and his work um, before we move on to, to, to well, any other Christiana show. I had
3: something to say. Uh, still,
2: Oh, I was just going to chime in on loving orphan black. Uh, <laughs> I started watching it just cause it was on after doctor who. And I said, so sure. I'll, I'll give it a shot. And the first episode I watched and it's like, eh, that was okay. I'll give it a couple more second and third episodes. I was kind of like, sure, sure. I'll keep watching. But then like, it was, I realized by like, episodes four and five that like i was actually looking forward to it more than the doctor who episode that week. oh wow <laughs> so and that's how it was for me and so I, I i agree it's awesome and um just especially the the main actress and it, it's just kind of a revelation because you almost have you have to keep reminding yourself wait that is actually the same actress playing all these different characters because you, cool. you just you buy them as different characters
4: right on yeah. Like I said, I was the exact opposite. I watched the first episode, I was like, Oh well, this is really cool. And I watched the second one, I'm like, all right, and the third one and I don't know oh. why I just didn't go back to it. But
1: well, I haven't I haven't watched past the second episode, Chups. So well it, it be
4: my, could
5: just
1: maybe my, my mileage would be like yours.
4: I it could know. totally just be the headspace I was in at the time. And since Viv yeah. hasn't watched it at all yet, I'm sure we'll go back and we'll start it and then we'll see, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: but yeah, right before- on before we move on to the show, we did have a question from the Q&A app. Uh, Daniel Saunier, Saunier asks, Hi, JC. Both the title and premise of The 33 brings to mind my favorite TV show, The 4400. Was this an inspiration for you?
1: Um, kind of. Now, see, the 40, I mean, in, in like, the most roundabout way, um, it's, it's kind of uh, informed by The 4400 the way, like, the X, like, uh, the 33 is informed by Justice League or the x-men and what I mean by that is that um, in the 4400 I believe that it's what like like something in imp- something changes you know hits earth or uh, gives what 4400 people unusual abilities is that kind of the premise of the 4400 I believe right
3: I we um, watched it, and this, I want to say that they like disappeared the forty four hundred uh, and came back or something.
5: Oh yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, watched yeah, the initial
4: it. movie. We didn't watch the stuff. That
5: yeah.
1: Followed. Well, yeah. well, I think so. So anyway, like, but there's this fallout. I think that kind of like the, the big picture fallout, the monster of the week kind of premise of the forty four hundred is that you have people with interesting abilities, kind of getting into trouble, or you know, or like, or using their interesting
3: abilities to solve problems. Which is, and, what, um, yeah, it it. It comes from a long line of shows that, like, precise, even yeah. heroes, re- more recently. You know. a-
1: absolutely, you know, and of course, you know, a long tradition of that in in comic books, you know, right. and, and and each one kind of has. The thing that that they have, you know, the, the unique thing that they bring to the group, and we even saw that, you know, with and I didn't, I wasn't inventing anything new, but like back in in, in the Seven Sun days, I mean, like the plot of the story, like each character had a unique skill set, and right. and those would come in handy as the. As the plot, as the puppet master permitted it to. (laughs) Oh, someone has to hack a computer. Good thing we have a computer hacker on the team. Mm. (laughs) But uh, but but you know. So in that respect, I mean, the forty four hundred did kind of uh, help inform the creation of the thirty three, just like these other kind of team stories did, where um, everybody's got an unusual kind of skill. The neat thing about um, the thirty three is that the team always changes. So Mm. in in Pramantha, the first episode that that will be coming out on on Friday, um, the team is always five people. It's just the rule. It's like this mysterious billionaire that created the 33 says – you know what? There's a new threat against the world, and only five people can from the thirty from the the, the pool of thirty three people, only five can go out and combat combat the great evil. It's just the rule, right? And so because of that, um, you need you, know, you need a field commander who always stays the same, and two lieutenants who always stay the same. So John Swords is the boss, and like Bliss and Knack are kind of like the two lieutenants. But the other two positions on the thirty three, um change depending on the mission. So you always have kind of like this influx of new characters with weird abilities uh, and weird personalities to kind of, you know, combat whatever problem um, they're facing. So that also kind of, in you know, the 4400 and other TV shows that kind of would bring in a cast of interesting, unique characters in each episode, you know, that that's an element of, mm-hmm. of the 33.
0: That's because so they this, needed a, they needed five for Voltron to come together. Yeah. So, you know. so that just described
4: yeah. great mechanic for a video game or a board game. You have to per- Precisely. build your team, well, go on a mission.
2: And so you even lay out the, nice, the nice little detail in there where they point out, it's kind of like, well, you have a set enlistment period, but you can re-enlist after that if you want. And right. so that's obviously a useful tool for you can decide, well, I'm kind of done with this character, whereas I oh I really like this one. I want to make sure they stick around. So right, right, you got it.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. So so, you know, and there's all these kind of like and of course, and the, the challenge, the creative challenge for me was well, how do you economically and easily explain the. The team rules, right? You know, it's like, so it's like, there's like, well, how do you explain the the fantastic setting of the 33? And then how do you explain, you know, how the team operates? And so I decided to solve the problem of explaining how all of these crazy mythologies can peacefully coexist in the world of the 33, that'll be a longer kind of question for me, to, a creative question for me to answer, right? So, so readers will just, just have, will have to have faith that, that the explanation that kind of provides the bedrock for the mythology of the 33, that that that's coming. But in the meantime, I thought the more pressing, you know, kind of challenge was, Explaining the rules of the team and how you know, these three people will always be on the team, but that they're you know these other two people will may not we may never see them again, or they may get killed in action, and then there's this pool, this much larger pool of recruits, you know, of the 33 that we may we may see or we may never see. It just kind of depends on you know, the evil puppet master you know, telling the story. So we'll see. But, <laughs> but yes, Christiane, you totally got it. You totally got it. I also
2: really like the 5x5. Five five. It's uh, the 33's team of engineers, field engineers, and yeah. they're kind of separate, and they kind of doing their own thing, but at the same time obviously critical, and I, I just liked kind of their sort of their attitude of you know, oh sure, those guys are the flashy ones, but we're the ones to get things done. <laughs> right,
1: right. Well, you know, and there's a whole, there's there's a whole spinoff idea, you know, for the for the five five five. And, you know, and maybe you know if the thirty three is successful. Well, you know, and the thing, you know, and this is me kind of revealing my my big ne- ne- not so nefarious plan. But it's like, but if the thirty three is monetarily successful, you know, and, it, and it, I successfully tell a season of stories, and let's pretend that that season is twelve stories long. We're just inventing a number. Um, and it's actually monetarily successful. Well, I'm going to hire PG Holyfield and Christiana <laughs> Ellis and Chooch and Viv to write stories set in the 33. They're going to write season two while I'm off developing the spin-off five by five and writing the pilot episode of that and then bringing in other friends to write that and paying other friends to write that stuff. I mean, this is just one big scam to like, get all, <laughs> me and all my friends together making a cool project.
3: Right on.
0: Yeah, hey, I'm happy. You know, I'll write in, in in Matt's universe, so i will ha- write in yours. So. Oh, I dude, have. I'd love to have you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So, any other TV shows or movies or books or anything that you want to?
1: Well, um, I've been there? doing a, um, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll and I certainly, I I don't want to be the only person talking here, but um, I've been playing video games, and I played. Started playing The Last of Us recently, which I know that you guys have talked about. (laughs) Um, And and we can talk about that in a minute, but because my experience is so limited with it, um, I wanted to mention, I don't know if you guys... uh, uh, Christiana, I know that you have a 3DS, right? Yes. And have you played A Link Between Worlds, the new Zelda game? Oh, yeah. Loved it. So good. Yeah. It's so good.
2: Well, because it pushes all of those nostalgia buttons for the old Super Nintendo... Uh, a link to the past, but it really does have lots of its own stuff going on. And it's an excellent use of the 3d technology and just the DS's two screens. And it also just reinvents a lot of the classic Zelda game mechanics in an interesting way. Like, you know, uh, the classic Zelda thing is like, Oh, well this is the hookshot dungeon. And so you have a bunch of things that are essentially just locked doors until you get the hookshot. And now you can go through those areas and it just becomes very formulaic. But in this one, all of those tools, you can just rent them from this little rental shop at the
1: beginning, and then you go go do the dungeons in whatever order you want. Um, yeah, <laughs> and that was and I, and I really appreciated that flexibility, and uh, mm-hmm. and it kind of makes you know the way I played the game probably different, maybe not radically different, but different than the way you played the game. And so yeah. when we so when we talk about it, you know, when we're playing the game, uh, sep- you know, offline separately, but then talk about that as we're in the midst of that experience we can kind of share a, a similar but different kind of stories with one another. And, mm-hmm. and I've, I've always, I'm always fascinated by that. It's, it's like when you talk to someone who's played Skyrim, right? Yeah. And your Skyrim experience is kind of the same, but not the same as theirs. No, I haven't been in that cave yet. What's in the cave? Vampires are in the cave. You yeah, sort that's weird. Really-
0: <laughs> and okay. so, yeah, The Last of Us, we won't. You know, go too much into since you you've only played a couple hours, but uh, and
2: and we have talked about it
0: before. (laughs) Yeah, we have spent hours (laughs) talking about it on the show, uh, including a spoiler cast for anyone that that would like to uh, go back and listen to that. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, just some of the things that just interesting when you get to stuff and and to be able to talk with you someday just about things like player agency and Mm -hmm. the the decisions they made with Mm -hmm. the storytelling. uh, how they did things in this game uh, that are, that are different than anything else that, that's out there. Uh, Would love to to hear back from you when you're when you're when you're done on that. I'd love you, I'd of, love to talk know. to you about it. Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, I like uh, Naughty Dogger is one of my favorite you know video game developers. I love the Uncharted mm-hmm. series, so um you know and so I'm really um I'll tell you it, the first twenty minutes of that game. I was in tears by the end of that kind of like that first sequence that you play as a, as a player. And it was very harrowing. And, um, a a friend of mine, um, told me, he says, this is a game that I respect more than I like. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I can see that.
1: Yeah. And, and and so that's, so there's like a side of me that is very, you know, very interested in having my mind blown. Um, you know, I was, it was an experience that I had akin to, um, Spec Ops: The Line, and I don't know if oh, you. If, that, if, I, yeah. I played
2: that one too. That's yeah, also that. good.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, and I was very emotion, deeply emotionally moved by that game, and and just kind of like, and it brought home the horror of war in a way that I. Boy, listen to me bringing down the movie sorry um, but, you know, but it's like the horror of war in a way that you know that I'd never seen any other game you know t- try attempt to tackle and within you know the first hour of the last of us it was clear that this was a game that kind of examined what I presume is going to be the horror of humanity a de- you know kind of in desperate situations yeah. um, and uh, and you know of course there's got to be an upside all <laughs> and so I'm waiting, to, waiting, for, waiting for that to happen. But really, so it's like, so it's like, it's like a qualified interest. Like, like yeah. I really want to play, but I'm also yeah. kind of reserved because I don't want to get kicked in the balls, you know, emotionally. Well, right? yeah, yeah. It's definitely
2: one of those. It's in in some ways it's not out. always conventionally fun, but uh, it's absolutely worth playing. Just, you know, the, yes. the experience of it and the intensity of it. It's, it's, it's exciting. <laughs> Um, even if it's not always fun in the normal way.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the hell out of it, but a oh, yeah, lot of yeah. a lot of what you hear is, I love that game, but I did not enjoy it in the least. Type, you know,
2: thing <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's an overstatement, but yeah, it's it's one of those where it's not like when you're, uh, you know, in playing Dead Rising and mowing down zombies with a riding mower with flamethrowers on it. <laughs> you know it's it's it's, it's a, a completely a, different kind of game than that.
0: Uh we have another question from uh Daniel. Uh he asks JC um in Seventh Sun Descent there's a scene where one of the characters describes how every location has personality and emotions if you right. listen closely. I remember that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean I wrote I
1: wrote that 14 years ago or something, wow. something crazy so <laughs>
0: Do do you adhere to this philosophy, and would you consider yourself to be a setting focused writer?
1: Yes, yes. So, um, yeah. Um, great question. My my um, yeah, it's a great question. So, my experience as a newspaper newspaperman um, taught me to um, not only listen to what people were saying, but observe how they were saying it. Uh, and observe whenever possible the setting in which they were saying it. So I was a features writer. And so I was writing about, you know, old ladies tending to their victory gardens, you know, I wasn't, you know, doing like the, the big you know, town scandal or something. Uh, and so and, and but while the, the stuff that I was writing wasn't necessarily as news, it you know, wasn't very newsworthy. Um, it, it, I took it, it I took it very seriously because everybody's got a story and, and everybody wants to be in the newspaper. And <laughs> you want to. And if, and if you're going to be in the newspaper, wouldn't it be great if you were, you know, if you were represented well and ethically and glowingly when, when appropriate? And so <laughs> when I, appropriate, I, right. right <laughs> appropriate. And, so, and so I always I, forget. <laughs> so so what I did was is that I always tried to kind of take in, because I'm convinced that like the rooms in which we occupy and the homes that we occupy, even the home from exterior, you know, the homes that we, you, know, you can learn a lot about a person. Like we've been shopping for a home, um, a, a house Uh we're, we're trading up from an apartment to a, to a house now and you learn a lot about a family when you walk through their home uh and just to kind of get a sense of the, the floor plan of the house for instance right well and i learned that lesson a long time ago when i was a newspaper man. so when i went to write uh seven Son, i kind of thought about that and i thought about kind of like the spirit of a place and and what that means and what that might say either about um uh the individuals who are occupying that space or if it's like land how is that land being treated? And does that, you know, like what does that say about the the people and the the beings that are kind of there? And so what that, so I think that what that did by me kind of observing body language as a newspaper man and observing the settings that I was interviewing people in really did inform what I consider to be a setting and, and visual, very visual writing style. You won't very often smell things in my stories. You'll hear things in my story, like 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 descriptions. I mean, descriptions. Um, you, you won't you'll hear things and you'll 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 see them with with very vivid clarity. I mean, one of the reasons why um the thirty three the 33's first episode is dense with detail, and, and and in order to kind of narratively justify that, I had a very observant person who has a dodgy past, right? Uh, kind of set. You know, we are he is kind of the the point of view character, so that we can. There's a there's a rational reason why we would be getting all of these crazy details about the furniture and stuff, um, but you won't you won't smell things in my stories, and you rarely will taste things, uh, because ultimately I'm just a very I'm just a more of a visual guy, and I'm more of a visual storyteller. Yeah, but but I do believe that my experience as a newspaper man highly influenced and informed that.
0: Awesome, awesome question, Daniel. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, um,
2: one just yeah. follow up on on that is uh just uh if you haven't played gone home, you really should because um it's i mean it's great regardless, but I mean the whole premise of it is that you're playing a girl who has uh just spent a year studying abroad and while she was away, her family moved into a new house, and so she's coming home to this new house where she's never been, but her family's been living there for eight, nine months. And uh, they didn't come to greet her at the airport and she's not sure why. And then she arrives at the house and it seems like nobody's home. And so the game is you exploring the house to try to figure out why nobody showed up to meet you.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, and it's, it's really great just regardless. It's on PC. Um, but uh, uh, just I think what you were just describing made me think
1: of that. Yeah, it's. I mean, and I'm dying to play it. I'm dying to play it. I mean, I think it's available for Mac too, and I can't wait to to download it. Mac. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, that kind of, I mean, and it's not really like, there's a kind of a, a, a conversation having about like, is this a game or not? And yeah. Like there's no, no real puzzles
2: to solve. There's no time pressure or challenge. It's really, you could call it just an interactive story in the sense that, it just has all of these details there for you to find, but just the order that you choose to explore the house in and the pace that you're going dictates how the story unfolds for you. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's not like it's going to really change unless you just miss some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then it doesn't really change. You just don't know that information. Right. Yeah. Um, so you could you could make the case that it's not a game in that sense but the problem there just because becomes like well what do you call it then because it uses the controls and uh technology of a first person shooter to tell an interactive story where the order that you experience things in and the pacing absolutely is critical to the experience and it would not be as good if it just was like a movie or something yeah. Um, so what do you call that? If it's not a game, I don't know. Hmm. That said, I mean, I would certainly say anyone who's going to pay the money for it should know what they're getting, because if they're expecting it to be a shooter, they're going to be disappointed because that's just not what it is.
4: That sounds like first person missed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of got a better story than that, though, I think. (laughs) And there's, it's not really about solving puzzles, right? in this, in the same way, you know, there's not little puzzle boxes where you have to figure out the right order to flip the switches in so that the light will turn on so you can read the diary page or something. Um, it's it's really just more about, you know, just kind of pouring through the various artifacts of a family living in this new house like to figure out what's been going on. So like, you know, you see all the... And, and it takes place in like the 80s too. So, you know, like you go in the living room and there's all these VHS tapes of X-Files <laughs> episodes in there and... um and uh, um, the younger sister publishes a uh, uh, a punk music zine. I
1: um, oh yeah. wow! Yeah. <laughs> oh, back in the day. Yeah, man, I just I had to lean back for that one. Hell. <laughs>
5: yeah.
0: uh, as far as my games update, I finished uh, Assassin's Creed IV uh, Black Flag. I enjoyed it greatly. Uh, nice. Much better than then assassin's creed 3 i didn't I only played like 10 or 12 hours of that and lost lost all uh interest in in going on uh this the story in this one i mean it's it's you know people some people have complained uh that it sort of has gotten away f- from the whole uh mythology some of of the assassin's creed games and i think that they they did that on purpose because uh, things were so convoluted and the storytelling wasn't very good, especially in the last one. Uh, you know, they really embraced the whole idea of this being a pirate game, so your main character is uh, very non-committal when it comes to the assassins versus templars thing that's going on in the in the in this world, and really focuses on you know being a pirate. And uh, but there's still story there. Uh, the the present day uh, side of it is is a lot better than it's been in the last uh, last couple of, of game of those games, and uh, yeah, just really enjoyed it. Now I finished the story, and now there's you know still I mean, everything's about upgrading your ship, and now there's the 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 legendary ships that I can go after. Now that my my ship is is not quite maxed out, but at least I can survive for more than thirty seconds against some of these you know. <laughs> Uh, man, of wars that are out there that are you know
3: what game is that, babe?
0: uh, Assassin's Creed Four: Black Flag, which we mentioned a few weeks ago. But Mm -hmm. uh, um, again, you're a pirate, so it's fun. (laughs) Fun. Playing any other any other games? Anybody want? I've been playing a
4: new PC game, an open beta. Um, for I think it is just PC. I don't think it's on Mac or. But it's, it's a kind of uh, multi, it's a multiplayer, online multiplayer called Warframe. And it's first person and you, it's a cooperative free-to-play online action game. So it's not like an MMORPG, but it does have you know a lot of uh, multiplayer pieces to it. It's basically like a first person shooter where you're in this special suit and you can upgrade and replace pieces of the suit. So, of course, there's all kinds of crazy weapons and power-ups. And there's, you know, you're building new weapons and discovering plans to build things. Um, start with a pistol, a rifle, and a sword. So you always have three weapons to choose from as you're going through and beating up bad guys and collecting stuff. And it was pretty cool. The controls were pretty intuitive. Um I didn't feel comfortable enough to jump into the multiplayer just yet i got you know through the tutorials and i did a few missions and and started to figure it out um and i wasn't quite sure what to expect and you know get made fun of of you know, <laughs> the team. but it was a lot of fun i'm definitely going to keep playing with it it's called uh, uh warframe which is uh warframe.com
0: yeah i know they have a ps4 version of that and <laughs> I've, yeah. I've seen it and haven't haven't or i've Yeah, I haven't downloaded it. I'm thinking of another game I did download, which another shooter. uh, But, uh, yeah, the the other game I'm going to start. Yeah, the other game I'm going to start and I'm going to do, I know Christiana's done a little bit of streaming with her PS4 as far as, uh, are you doing it on Twitch when you're doing that? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to do that this weekend with, uh, Don't Starve. So, Oh
2: uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Don't uh, Starve, yeah. I've played a little bit of, um, and it, it's kind of fun, but I, I mostly, there's just been other games ahead of it on the list recently, but, uh, it's certainly, uh, pretty fun. Most of the streaming I've done though is with, uh, Lego Marvel superheroes, um, cause that's just, You know, it's super fun. It's the the (laughs) Avengers X-Men Spider-Man Fantastic Four crossover movie you wish they could actually make.
4: So what do you think about the trailers for the Lego movie that's coming out? Have you seen that?
2: It looks awesome. I'm going to go see it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, it seems like it's, you know, focused more for for kids. But I mean, I don't think that's surprising. Um, But I don't know, it certainly looks like If the movie is as funny as the trailers and commercials are to me, I will be thoroughly entertained. I I mean, even just little things like there's a little bit where they're like they're pulling up to like the little toll booth that's got a robot guard or something. (laughs) And uh, Lego Batman throws the battering at him and it just hits him and he kind of falls apart. But then the like the little voice of the robot guy is going, oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Even just that makes me laugh So I think I'm an easy mark for this movie <laughs> I
4: think for me the, the stylistic Aspects really Threw me where I can't tell If it's if we're supposed to believe It's stop motion or if it's right. really stop Motion or if it's just 3D yeah. animated Because they seem to like make It do weird stuttering And it's it seemed intentional It's didn't seem like it's actually Stop motion
2: it does. Well, it does look like in a lot of the set designs and stuff too. It, it does definitely like, especially if you're comparing it to the Lego video games, Mm -hmm. it does seem like they're intending to make it look more like someone really just has a whole bunch of elaborate Lego sets. And that's what we're watching move around as opposed to, um, having it all kind of be more slick with the sets and the backgrounds and everything, um, that you have in the Lego video games. Mm Um, that just seems to be the artistic choice they've made there, which is interesting just because it's different from all the other Lego media that they've done before. But yeah. See, I don't know. I I think over the
4: course of a full movie, it would drive me crazy, but it's probably a pretty short movie, especially geared for Mm -hmm. kids and all that. The jokes were Mm -hmm. funny. I'm looking forward to
3: it. I didn't think I was going to like Scott Pilgrim either. (laughs) Don't go in with any preconceived notions. I think we've that's this. That's fair. (laughs) Um,
2: uh, as far as, uh, games, the only new one, I guess to ha- I have to talk about is I just started today playing part one of broken age, which is the, uh, oh, um, yes. the double fine, uh, adventure game that had a whole big Kickstarter and, uh, um, it's, it's really good. Like, I mean, it's, uh, it's a classic adventure game in the sense that, uh, you know, there's no. No fast reflexes required. You're really just, you know, you're walking around and talking to people and then using unlikely items to solve various little puzzles. And that's really what it's all about. Um, so, you know, again, like if you're looking for a first person shooter, probably keep looking because that's not what this is. That said, if you like adventure games, it's it's just beautiful, gorgeously animated. The writing is clever. Um the voice acting is really awesome. I think they got it like a number of you know big names to do some of the voice acting because I'm pretty sure I've already yes. identified Jack Black. Yes, um, there's one character that I, I haven't looked it up, but I'm virtually certain it's the same person who does Lumpy Space Princess in Adventure yes. Time,
0: which is the creator ah. of Adventure it's Pendleton Time. Ward, right? Pendleton Ward, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh Um, but I wasn't, I hadn't looked it up to see. If it was actually Pendleton Ward, but boy, this character sounds a lot like someone doing yes. almost Lumpy Space princess's voice.
0: And then uh <sighs> Freddo and uh Elijah Wood. Yeah, he's the main character yeah. the main male character. Mm. And then Jennifer, Yeah, so one
2: of the interesting Jennifer things about Hale. it is there's what was the name really of this one again? Broken Age. Broken Age okay. PC only at the moment. Um it's it's got two parallel stories that have some thematic overlap and maybe in part two, they'll have some actual like direct interaction. But at my understanding is that in part one, they're essentially completely separate. You can switch from, you know, like if you get stuck on one, you can kind of just switch over to the other one for a while um, to, you know, keep it fresh. And so I've played a little bit of both, but I haven't finished part one yet. So, uh, but I'm, I'm loving it so far. I think it it's, it's definitely one of those games where, you know, if you know that, you know, a, a clever, beautifully animated adventure game is something that you want, then here it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. And if you played the LucasArts games and then in the nineties and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, know the nim- name to Tim Schaefer, you know, games like, uh, escape the monkey it- Island, day of the tentacle, those types of games, then, uh,
2: I think this one is coming to iOS, too, but I don't think it's out on iOS yet. Not, yeah, not yet. That's um, the future plan, yeah. The, the controls are tweaked just a little bit to seem like they would really work well on a touchscreen. For example, when you're using an item on something, you actually kind of open your inventory screen and literally drag the thing over to what you want to use it on, which obviously on a touchscreen would be very intuitive.
4: Yeah, it shows um, on the Wikipedia page for Windows, Linux, OS Ten, iOS, Android, and Uya, which is Android.
2: So. Mm-hmm. Well, I know it's coming to all those things. I just don't know. I like it only just came yeah. out for PC yesterday. I don't know if it's available on all those got things you, yet. Gotcha, gotcha.
4: And it yeah, shows it's, the it's future plans. other voice mm. actors include Pendleton Ward, Elijah Wood, mm. and Huell Hewitt.
5: Will Wheaton.
0: And then she Jennifer be- Jennifer Hale who Christiana uh, miss Mrs. Fem shepherd. Shep. Fem Shep, if you I think we, I think everybody here played female shepherds. So.
1: my my Fem Shep was a tough bitch. <laughs> she was
0: awesome. I, I feel good about that, JC, because I I've been dealing with People giving me a hard time because when there's whenever there's an option, I always play a female
1: side. Yeah, I, I female often do too. Side, yeah. yeah. Do too. yeah, yeah. So. Valkyrie needs food badly. Even back <laughs> then, Gauntlet, like, I was I was playing it back
0: yeah. then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all we had about games. Any any TV shows anybody wanted to bring up? Viv? Um, what about you?
3: I want to talk about Deadwood with JC. <gasps> oh, <laughs> oh <yeah. laughs>
1: Okay, so did you like it?
3: Love. I've been begging these boys, and Christiana's so busy, but I've been begging to do a podcast just on Deadwood. I would even do an episode per episode. I love that show so much.
1: Holy shit. Maybe we, yeah. should, maybe,
0: Viv, maybe we could do seven. So, <laughs> Make this happen. Christiana and I just wanted to get through this so she'll finally start watching Justified with us. Whatever, whatever, uh, so That's a good, whatever, show. That's a good show.
3: That's a good show. Um, so how far? How <laughs> they far?
2: don't have to come conflict you know they, they don't
3: can, i know i totally agree we'll knock out the deadwood one and then we'll do justified i'm how interested you just you i can't initiate uh,
1: yeah how, how far are you in the series really?
3: we finished it to actually watched it years ago when it was airing and i knew i'd get back to it eventually and i did a rewatch last fall i think it yeah. was and oh. I've just, I'm so obsessed. I want to have a theme <laughs> Deadwood party just so I can dress up as Calamity Jane. Yes! I just, I just love her so much. I have the costume planned out and everything. I cannot wait. And Chooch is going to be Wild Bill Hickok. Oh, that's, oh nice. Chooch, you'd be <laughs> <course>. a great <laughs> nice. Wild Bill. Yeah. yeah. Or so. any oh, character yeah. he chooses. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, um, so I, um, Watched the show. I mainlined it on Blu-ray, um, maybe about two years ago, and then um, yeah, I loved that's when it. I watched it. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I loved it. And um, you did a
3: rewatch. We recently. I did. Too, though, I, I, I think you were finishing right as I was starting.
1: Yeah. So I was banging the drum for it, um, as I often, as I always do when I. God, watch that show is amazing. And I, um, I haven't watched. So I didn't watch season two and season three, um, in my rewatch. But I watched mm. season one again, and that is just about the damn. Most perfect it's season so, of television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so good, so good. It's heartbreaking
2: that they never got to finish the story the yeah. way they kind of originally wanted.
3: Well, yeah. you know, I had to yeah. lean back
1: again. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, yeah. That's a, I mean, profoundly good. Yeah.
3: It's so much deeper than I expected. I knew I was going to love it when I would be sitting there working on whatever, and I would hear this beautiful sh- Shakespearean kind of. You know, our language being spoken, but it was all fucking swearing (laughs) gin. Oh my God, it was so insane. I was like, I'm going to have to come back to this just because somebody went to a lot of trouble to get a certain type of rhyme and and pattern to the, to the, to the dialogue to be right. able to manage that while dropping the f bomb every four seconds.
1: I was I was so cocksucker. Um, that's the other one. Cocksucker, cocksucker. <laughs> that cocksucker that'll be the switching. that's the, that's the code word for your for your Deadwood party. Like when people come to the door, <laughs> that's what they have to say before they get in. I was they so they have to
3: say it. That's yeah. right. They cannot so get in if they're prudes. No, no. <laughs> I was
1: so moved by um, by Deadwood that, and again, like this is how long this dumb thirty three thing has been in my head. Was that like when I watched it, I'm like. You gotta do a prequel set in the Wild West. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I you know, it's like well of course of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> and so right, right. And so uh, you know, and Undertaker, that, that will be one of the one of the, the thirty three awesome. spin offs. Nice. But awesome. but it was directly related to just I mean, just almost physically swooning at that show. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I love that show. Oh my god
3: I, I so did good. literally swoon physically at that show several times it, it just well, really knocks you on your ass sometimes. another god it's so good
2: the, another great angle of it too is just if you think about Bullock and Swearingen at the beginning and how at the very beginning they mm-hmm. seem like they're pl- they're so playing into those western genre tropes
3: yeah white hat black hat yeah. but
2: then where they take it from there oh is god. so much more
3: complex oh. and interesting oh. yeah and yeah and and it's so
1: interesting so like you know of course the first time i watched it i was so uh taken by you know swearingen and um and bullock and those characters and the and the the um the widow whose name i can't remember yeah yeah all much he's just great uh but in my second viewing of the first season um the doctor oh
3: yeah Oh yeah. my God, Brad Dreyfus. Brad
1: Dreyfus. Yeah. Brad. He. I mean, like, I don't know if he won. He won. He should have won all the awards. I mean, all he, of <laughs> He's the one to. He's the one to watch. And, you know, and he's just such an interesting kind of character because yeah. of the things that the things that he bears witness to, and because of his really critical role in the community, mm-hmm. right? Everything from like, you know, you know, checking the sex workers for STDs. Oh my to, God, yeah. Yeah, to supplying Alma with her with her dope. I mean, yeah. it's just this is incredible role that he's got. And and of course, you know, as the um the preacher, uh, his health degrades oh, throughout the course yeah. of that, you know, mm-hmm. season one, and we see how the doctor deals with that. I was just, you know, I mean, when he was crying, I was crying right there with well, him. I'm now. Seeing, seeing how Al deals right.
4: with all the same issues. Yes, you know, well, yes. How deep that there yeah. could be yeah. like a yeah. semester college course just oh. studying Al Sworningen. You know. No, what
1: I'd be interested <laughs> what I'd be interested is in is, is knowing if um okay so what's the guy M- M- uh, milk maybe David milk might be the creator the oh, series milk. creator milk. 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 thank you thank you um mm-hmm. uh, I I'm keen to know like if you were to read re- because I forgot, like when I rewatched the season 1 recently I had forgotten about um swear engines family situation that inform you know that he kind of talks about at the very end of the season mm-hmm. about about the preacher and what i'd like to do is watch that season again to see if that is baked into the writing and the performance I mean, we were talking mm-hmm. about creators with a vision yeah right? that would be I fascinating well that. here here's
2: the thing though about
3: that to show watch it again yeah right they, me too if, if too, you guys yeah.
2: totally well do. no but here here's the thing that if you if you have the blu-rays what you really need to do is rewatch it with the commentaries Mm, because there is some amazing fucking stuff in the commentaries. (laughs) For example, we talk about saying, Oh, the director has a vision or whatever. But the thing is, it was apparently routine on that set for him to make major story changes Mm -hmm. the day of, wow. Like they would have a script and he would show up for the day of filming and said, yeah, we actually decided this character is going to die instead of live. Or wow. the vice versa. And, like, major story changes Damn. would be just made on the spur of the moment. Spur. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so it it was almost like the exact opposite of what we say, like, you know, saying have the whole arc playing out. Now, I mean, part of it is because it's kind of loosely inspired on real history. Right. There's some aspects of it that, you know, are kind of in place.
3: Right fixed uh, points in time uh, one might call them
2: yeah but uh certainly just uh hearing (laughs) that like most tv shows do not operate that way you know like they have to really plan those logistical things out really strongly but this one i guess maybe just part of the nature of the way they filmed it because it's a 10 episode series is kind Mm -hmm. of out and you know uh and you know they have this elaborate set that they're using for all sorts of things and uh and maybe it was just kind of like, well, we have our actors here and we can have them do whatever we want while they're here and then we'll figure the rest out later. Um, and As opposed wow. to where you have to yeah. say, oh, well, we have this guest star who's coming in for episode yeah. seven, so we have to make yeah. sure that we set up the thing for that in episode six. And then, you know, so, but the com- <laughs> there's some really amazing stuff in the commentary mm-hmm. tracks for for that show.
4: The last year, Timothy Elephant was on the Nerdist a podcast, and he told a couple stories about how there there would be some. They would film for you know six hours, and there was some conversation. They'd go to lunch, and they'd come back with lunch, and he'd have a new script and say, "All oh, right, oh, we're geez. reshooting the last you know mm-hmm. four scenes or something." <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but they just you've totally got to,
3: changed. You've got to respect the way it all turned out, though, because whatever was being filmed triggered this other stuff. Mm. And we all love this other stuff so much. Oh, yeah. That yeah it works. You know, shit. Sucks for the actors, but my God, they can <laughs> dine off of that show forever. Yeah. It's yeah. so it's so rich and it's just, I honestly, even though I watched Chooch Choo Watch It and I knew that some things were coming and some stuff I'd never understood until I actually sat down and learned about the Chinaman um, Wu <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Swearing Jen. I was like red hot about Swearingen, but he's such a softy on the inside and he's such a badass on the outside that like Christiana was saying, where they were playing with the tropes of the good and the bad to see how deeply Swearingen would go, like to what lengths he would go to, to try and show, look, I'm mean, I'm a bastard, I'm an asshole, don't cross Mm -hmm. me. Meanwhile, he's making all these really kind and sweet things happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Making sure no one ever finds out about it because that would be, you know, less manly or whatever. <laughs> that damn bad for, I love that bad for business. Bad for business. Bad for business, yeah. right. Yeah.
0: Okay, business. Viv, here we go. At once we get through hmm. season four of Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, fuck. We will Such
3: do you no, we'll we'll totally tease me on this shit. Look. We'll do
0: <laughs> we'll do we'll do the the first You're
3: killing me, Holly. the God.
0: first God. two me. show podcast rewatch We'll do uh, deadwood justified Ooh. you know what Timothy Oliphant, huh uh, and uh and Super do it at the same time how many compare seasons of have... contrast
3: wait, so Deadwood was three seasons,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: and Well, but episodes? it's it's
2: three with yeah, I think ten episode seasons, I think yeah and then Just justified <laughs>
3: has how many episodes
0: this is the fifth season so 20 yeah care? but
2: but no, I don't think those are um. I don't think those have the full like you know
0: no, NBC 12, style there are twelve uh, I think yeah. they're twelve episodes each season so, okay. so we'll, well, figure yeah. we'll figure it out Go we'll right. figure it I, out out I, I, I want to give you what you need, Biv, which is a deadwood podcast so <laughs> oh, God, we'll make that. it happen.
3: and a party <laughs> yeah. and, and I
0: can't help you with that you're the, home the home party you're have... the party girl the you know, party and planner. Anna?
3: No wait, Kyle, <laughs> oh wait, right. bananas was
0: the
4: safe word, <laughs> not some code word. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Never> <laughs> <make> bananas.
5: bananas.
0: <laughs> uh, this shit okay, so let's bananas. let's move from from Deadwood, so we don't have a four hour episode tonight. And uh, <laughs> any yeah, other TV JT, shows? Thank you for giving
1: me. An oh, are you kidding? No, if anytime you need, uh, you need to talk about that. much you just call me? You can, you loop me in on the Google right away. I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> and I'll, I got your back. Right
4: on. Yes.
0: Okay. TV shows. Anybody? What's uh, next?
4: Wired. Oh, go ahead.
2: Uh, so I was going to just say to you know we don't have to have a long discussion about it, but. uh Uh, With Sherlock, I liked the (laughs) second episode a lot. I won't otherwise go into it. Um, What I will say just about the first episode of this series is that it did exactly uh, what I suspected it would, which is fail to satisfactorily answer the cliffhanger from the previous. Which I, I, I wasn't even surprised, so I won't even say that I was disappointed, but it was more just a matter of... I. I felt like they made a promise that I didn't believe in the first place. And then sure enough, it turned out to be, Oh,
3: I don't, I don't want
5: to say,
2: I don't want to say it's BS. And yeah. I, cause that's not true, but I will. But basically my feeling at the end of the last series was they have set up something where there is no possible satisfactory answer. And then I, that's how I actually felt. Um, hmm. I feel like they kind of, they they sort of cheated by implying like they gave a couple of phony explanations and then they oh, gave I thought one I the hilarious
3: the way they did well, that. Well no, I it? and I, I liked that
2: idea, but then like the last one is presented where with kind of like a wink. So like, that's how I really did it. Or did I? And yeah. then they're just gonna leave it there. And yeah. and the thing is, the problem is Given that the whole setup for why he needed to fake his death, and it needed to be so secret, so the fact that the plan for him to fake his death required the participation and knowledge of like twenty five random people that he happened to know that like he called them homeless people, I think. Yeah, and so, but work. like the, the you know, it's network, like right? it's this elaborate yeah. choreographed thing. That um, was it was, and insane. I just. I didn't buy it, so like, but because I, I more or less knew that's how it was going to be, I was kind of mentally prepared, and so it wasn't like a frustrating disappointment. But it was also just like, yep, that is what I expected.
0: I, I fully expected them to do at least a couple more possible explanations on what happened in the second episode. You know, so they would just keep coming yeah. back to it as sort of a gag and i thought that would actually be funny but mm. they didn't do that so i was i was a little disappointed as well but yeah you um, might um, get another
3: one their series is their seasons are so shorter
2: oh Seriously. well yeah. yeah uh well because they really do it like it's three episodes but each one is like a movie you yeah. know it's yeah. like they're 90 yeah. minutes yeah um are you still there jc it looks like we lost your video i think you may have stepped out for a second.
0: I think he just turned I off his brain yeah.
2: Well, I was just going to say that uh, uh, I was going to suggest to him that uh, um, in the same way that he was talking about kind of like reverse engineering Babylon 5 or whatever, I mean, I think Sherlock... Oh, there you are. Here I am! <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you heard what I was just, just saying, but it's just mm-hmm. that I think Sherlock is a good show to watch when you want to talk about reverse engineering to kind of see how a show works and what works and what doesn't. Cause I don't think it's a perfect show, but I think it's a very good show and it does a lot of really interesting things that are worth analysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: I, I really have enjoyed every episode that I've watched, mm-hmm. but I, I, we haven't finished this one, the newest one. We're only about halfway through it, but I swear to God, at one point, I looked over at Chooch and I said, "Honey, can I have sex with Martin Freeman, please? <laughs> because he is so adorable in this episode when he's talking about you know, there, <laughs> this episode is moving forward the storyline with John and with um yeah, John and Mary. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, how much do you love Mary? She is yeah. so phenomenal oh, yeah. in the last few episodes where she's mm-hmm. like." I know you're lying. I know you're lying. I'm I'm not not John. John, I know you're lying. I know when you're fibbing and he finally (laughs) confesses and she's just like picked up this great like energy with the two of them. But Mm -hmm. um, he Martin Freeman, I find him so much more compelling than than Sherlock is so many times. But in this episode, they really found a way to make um, Sherlock way more likable. Mm hmm. Way, way, way more likable than what we've mm-hmm. seen so far, and more human, and and all of that, and and I'm enjoying that, but it's also kind of taking the fun out of it. I just, I guess, like <laughs> more than anything, I wish that the um, that the movies, the uh, Robert Downey Jr. movies, which I didn't think could be improved on, I wish that it had more of this kind of, kind of a vibe, because it seems yeah. like it makes more sense than the, you know, Watson's always angry at Sherlock, and Sherlock's always fucking with him, and. And I think mm. that the vibe in this show makes a lot more sense, and I just love it. I wish that there mm-hmm. were more episodes. Oh yeah, it's yeah.
2: it's great. I, I, mean, I think, so even when I had criticisms, it's it's mostly nitpicks yeah. in a show that I'm still very much enjoying.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just what you said, though, that he up until this episode he hasn't, you know, he has that unlikable quality because of mm. who he is, but in this episode and a little bit the last one, you know, he is the opposite of what the Robert Downey Jr. version of it, as far as him, uh, John getting married and just his reaction to it was immediately, this is what he's doing. I'm going to support him in mm-hmm. his own way. And, yeah. you know, they had the, the likability factor between him and, and Mary yeah. um, come across really you know strongly. So I think that that sort of made him likable immediately to people that may have just been like, yeah, you know, he's just a, just a pain in the ass. He's too like, much like Sheldon
3: on Big Bang Theory. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think that they I think they re- really did a good job in making Mary seem more part of the duo. Um, not that she is, but that they've done it. It's it's like the way they had what's the old lady's name. The one that runs the yeah. house on Baker oh. Street. Uh, uh, miss uh-oh. miss what's her name <laughs> okay see i felt bad cuz i didn't what know happened? but i mean she made sense from the very beginning but mary yeah. coming in has been kind of like wait a minute okay but now i love her she's awesome mm-hmm.
0: and, 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 and just like just like last uh episode we were talking about it's the mystery isn't that important it's more just about the two characters interacting mm-hmm. and and that sort of thing yeah. i didn't really well, care that much about the mystery in this one I as well i think that's actually but,
2: that's why it bothered me the whole thing with the cliffhanger from the last season to this one is because I felt they were setting it up as this is so important that it is forcing one character to make the other character believe he's dead for two years. Right. And I felt like if they're going to have the plot require that, I want the execution of it to merit the emotional weight, that it has on the characters. And I feel like they, they painted themselves into a corner
4: with That's it. Totally fair. Yeah.
3: Well, um, hoping, I, I, agree.
4: I didn't totally, wife. I didn't anyway. buy the thing at the end. And especially since it's not just that the 25 people from the homeless network knew he was alive. It was somebody very close to them knew. And it seems like John, who he is, you would expect to keep secrets just as well as the other person. <laughs> who ended up knowing. I mean, mm. that just totally, it didn't make any sense at all to me. Yeah. I did like the different reactions, the different characters gave upon mm-hmm. seeing him, you know, yeah. the other people's reaction. John's were reaction. Fun. Um, yeah. Um, like the one Mrs. girl Edson. who suspected that, Oh, Mrs. Yeah, Edson, yeah, that's right. um, her reaction. Yeah. I loved seeing the different reactions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paulette in the chat says, did you see the making of for the first Sherlock episode? Stephen Moffat basically sneered at the audience when asked uh, if that was the real explanation as to what happened. I'm growing to dislike the man, even if I still like the stories. So, um,
2: yeah, I can I can see that. I think the pro the problem that he has is that he made a promise he wasn't able to deliver on. Because the thing is, after the big cliffhanger from the second series. He said that there was going to be a definitive answer that would make sense. He said that in interviews. And I knew that was BS from the beginning because I watched (laughs) the way they set it up. And I said, there is no possible way that there's going to be any plausible and satisfactory way to explain everything that you just had happen.
0: We've been talking general spoilers here, but JC hasn't seen any of it, so let's, mm. now, yeah, let's so we not get, get any into, deeper into <laughs> it.
1: I, well, I, maybe... I, I muted you guys like
0: 10 minutes
3: ago. <laughs> okay. He's off playing one of the games we were talking about. <laughs> well, but my, I feel kind of the same. I feel it, it's weird territory with Sherlock Holmes, because from what I understand, I've never read the books, mm-hmm. fessing up, but um, it sounds like he's the books are being followed, so Presumably, they're not really. Spoiler. Well, no, they're yes. not. But I mean, it's, they're, the no, they're they're changing it. Happen.
2: I mean, there's there's parallels, but they're changing it quite a lot.
0: Yeah, some of the characters in you some it to the of way- these stories are taken in pieces um, from some of the, you know, how do the Baskervilles? They took that story in the, in series one, and they. You know, changed it, updated it, and it it barely resembles anything from the, from, you
2: know. Yeah, and I'm not complaining but. about that. I'm not yeah. saying it should have followed the book. Um, It's, it's just, so again, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want this complaint to overstate, you know, oh, to no, overwhelm no. that I really like the show. But it was just, I felt like it was a, a misstep Yeah, within a show that I, overall, I think is very good.
3: It's totally fair. I guess I just Mm -hmm. get I I guess that I just think of it as like the translation between the Game of Thrones books Mm -hmm. and the series that we see is that there's like and and the person that taught this to me really was you, Christiana, because I was like, but no, this is the way I imagined and it's the way I wanted it. And you finally made me realize that no, the translation from the page Mm-hmm. There's a lot that has to happen, and some stuff has to go out, and I was in yeah. denial until you made <laughs> acknowledge it. Well, they're they're so different mediums. They have different strengths, yeah, but, but that,
2: that's the- not where this is coming from because um, even though I'm familiar with what happens in the story version, mm-hmm. um, I have not actually even read that story. Um, And so it really wasn't that at all, especially just given the fact that, I mean, you know, this show takes the whole thing and puts it in the modern day. So there's lots of elements of it that are different anyway. But for me, what it really just came down to is all the little details of how that cliffhanger actually happened. I just felt like, okay, there's no way that they can explain all of those things in a satisfactory way. And then. In my own assessment, I was right. They did not explain those things in a satisfactory
0: way.
3: Yeah.
0: But that's,
2: that's my opinion.
0: Daniel in the Q&A uh, must be a uh, non-U.S. viewer or has his special antenna up to it. Yeah. Uh, he said that the cliffhanger from Series 3, which he doesn't go into, uh, gives the perfect explanation for why they put off telling the details for such and such and such and such. Ooh, so, I uh, won't correct. go further into well, that, what he wrote, but yeah. uh, it just makes me look forward to Sunday's finale yeah. uh, even oh, more.
3: God damn it. There's I home. hate that they only do three. When, <laughs> yeah. So, how fucking long do I have to wait for the next one? Does Two anybody years. know A million years. It? <laughs> oh, it's going to feel like it. <laughs> okay, Deadwood <laughs> Rewatch. New Game of Thrones. Season all, right, four. all right, all right, right. Got to start filling the time. <laughs> So I found uh, huge.
4: there was an article uh, in Wired. They did a mid-season re- uh, TV report card and see if uh, see if people agree with if their assessment a little bit. <laughs> so Agents of Shield, they gave a C. <laughs> um, fair enough. The uh, fair? I, I don't want to
1: read the whole article, but I pulled out was a couple choice JC? quotes. Hmm? I was just asking. You guys have seen that show? Is that fair? Is that a fair review? It rating? is
3: for me. I think so have you watched it at all, JC? No. no,
2: I might rate it a little bit higher than that, but I certainly mm-hmm. understand the the complaints people have mm-hmm. about it.
4: The choice quote, uh, Easter eggs and goodwill can't save a show. And it seems that those responsible know it so that they're kind of taking note of things that aren't working and making tweaks and changes.
3: Mm, interesting. Well, this That's week's weird. was a was a rerun, wasn't it?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't think the next know. episode isn't uh the next new one is this coming week. Mm. Um
3: they but, teased uh yeah. they teased a big name though, didn't they, from the movies on the um, commercials or the Well yeah, so episode? I mean
2: they've they've officially announced it now, so I don't think it's really a spoiler anymore, but uh the, the Mike Peterson character that's been in a couple of episodes mm. so far, including the pilot, now that he's a cyborg, um he is Deathlock, who is a character from the comics. Oh,
3: okay. Right on. <laughs> I'm glad they're doing something with him.
4: So, uh, sleep well, ap- and then
2: Lady Sif from the Thor movies is going to be on it too. Sorry. Mm.
3: Cool. I like cool. her. She's pretty badass. Yeah. I'd like to see that.
4: <laughs> it's it's, weird. Weird. it's yeah. weird that they're focused, you know, just Thor, especially yeah. since it already left theaters. And next stuff. Well, is I'm I sure know.
2: they're building up to um, you know second DVD Captain America movie. movie. I'm sure there'll be tie-ins near the end of this season.
3: Yeah, that. Yeah. What were the other ones, Chooch?
4: Um, Sleepy Hollow, they gave a B. Said is that an, is that an enjoyable, over the top mix of often laughably incorrect history, horror, <laughs> and melodrama?
3: <laughs> well, I mean, it's based on Egmont Crane. How is it accurate.
0: Yeah, I've. I've I'm what, I'm the big proponent of that, J uh, C was asking. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. I'd I'd give it more I, than an A A minus. Uh it's my yeah, favorite show I of, didn't the, watch it. of the season.
3: It's like a well, I love the cast so much. That's the problem, mm-hmm. is I really enjoy the cast. The the ensemble is really strong. I, I I would give it a low B high C, C but I'd still have it high I would have it higher. Would I have it higher than Shield? I don't know. They might be neck and neck for me. I'd have it higher than S.H.I.E.L.D.
4: Hmm. Um, Well, then the other uh, quote, it's not quite as enjoyable as originally promised by the headless machine gun wielding horseman of the pilot, but what could be? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Basically, the gist of of their revelations of the show was that there was just so much, the first couple episodes, so much happens so fast. And there's no way anything could ever keep up with that pace. No show ever could. Yeah. Which I think is fair. Uh, almost human. They gave a B plus.
3: Yeah, I, like that oh, I think shows. that might like be that a show. low A. I like that the best of all mm-hmm. three mentions
2: so far. I once I discovered that they've been airing the episodes out of order, all almost even all my nitpicks about the show went away because I realized it's the fault of that. Yeah, yeah. the studio.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've um, I've had a good work. Um, be- being like a part of the transmedia campaign for that i have either read or seen read the scripts of and seen episodes like all of the episodes before they've been aired mm. and i think that i think that maybe i've seen like two or three that have yet to air and it mm. just it's, it just the humor just gets sharper and their relationship yeah. is, it gets better i mean their their chemistry is excellent it really
2: is guys.
3: it's excellent
2: and I love yeah. too that although some serious stuff is happening, clearly the tone they're going for is lighter than a lot of the police procedurals out yeah. there, which you know, I is a lot of humor it, but... in it. And like, for example, like if this was a straight, straight laced, serious show, the running gag of him destroying these other MXs, like, oh. you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you want to say like, he shoots one in the head in a public setting, like yeah. if we were wanting to say, this is all very serious like that's just ridiculously yeah. reckless and it puts public yeah. bystanders in, in danger yeah. and all of that public like, funds because it's funny. And that's, that's the show that we're watching yeah. Yeah. that it has some drama in it and that's good, but it also has some it's lighter some tone to it cheap. that I like. Yeah, yeah,
3: it's kind of Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm digging it and I didn't yeah, yeah. even real, I didn't realize your connection to it until you told us about it earlier tonight. Jason, yeah. I'm going to have to go back and look. Well was there was a show that you did a couple years ago. It was post apocalyptic, but it was a reality show. Yeah, yeah, that was the colony. That was my, that was, what my it
1: was. Yeah, that was my first um like freelance kind of like a transmedia network like for a network, or that was for discovery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, we watched and we that. That yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I, I liked it. I I liked it what I saw. Um but it was liked- it was a neat experience, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: I liked that they cast people who actually knew how to do things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was a neat show. I mean, like, I mean, you can kind of see how like it's kind of a one-trick pony. Yeah, yeah, and and its success largely hinges on the. The, the volunteers the cast right yeah and the, and the first the first seasons was excellent and I don't think that they quite nailed that chemistry in the second season
3: I didn't and I didn't realize there was a second season yeah well that was you yeah, well, that was
1: but and I think they might have anticipated that because that's what the um the the viral campaign right where like you plugged in your facebook profile right. and it, pop, it populated this fake web you know fake Facebook experience with your friends telling you how basically they were... You know. Right? I remember
3: Christiana yeah. was a part of that. I saw her write something in the... the-
2: oh, I I got, had the, I got one of the little kits and I did a yeah. unboxing video of yeah. that. That's right. Um, the, uh, I think the thing with that show and I say this as a longtime fan of Survivor is that I think the, the problem with that show was that it couldn't quite make up its mind of whether is this a reality game show slash competition Or is this more like a how-do-you-do-it documentary show? And it seems Mm -hmm. like it almost kind of wanted to straddle those two things. But one is a show that you're not necessarily going to watch season after season of, and the other one you might. But they kind of tried to split the difference, and it wasn't ultimately super successful, I think, Mm -hmm. even though I liked it yeah
1: and it was such a fascinating kind of setup because like the conceit you know for for folks at home who you know who never saw this I mean the conceit was you know you take fifteen people and you know you put them in a in a situation where they're going to have to kind of survive without power in a kind of like burned out you know let's say five block radius of some mm-hmm. you know, Metropolitan area or in the wilderness, but the conceit was we're in
0: downtown Detroit right now.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) present day, right? Yeah, Flint, Michigan. You know, you just go out there. Um, But but the but it was like the conceit was that these were the only living survivors, or you know, one of a handful of human survivors from an apocalyptic virus that had wiped out like ninety eight percent of the world's population. And that's a really kind of like heady you know kind of um, co- a high big high concept to kind of wedge onto a conventional reality show but i always kind of appreciated the intent because that meant that there were always there were other survivors right, right. That were played that were played by stuntmen and actors right yeah. who would like who would like invade the camp and like steal yeah, supplies yeah. Oh, or like and, kid, and there was uh, one
2: i it, maybe it only happened in the second season but they actually kidnapped one of right, the right, one yeah. of the contestants or main, main people. And that was, that was interesting just in the, just in the sense of like the reality of the situation or surreality. Yeah. Um, Just because on the one hand you can have this person know, okay, I'm in a TV show. None of this is real in the conventional sense. Yeah. But then when you say a bunch of people in ski masks, put a bag over your head and then carry where and you weren't expecting it to happen. That's still scary.
1: Yeah. 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 That was scary to watch too. Yeah. And it was, it was scary to watch and you could just kind of see that because that's a biological response, the terror, you know, that you're experiencing in a situation like that. I mean, you can kind of rationalize it all you want, but like, you know, I don't care if the gun is loaded or not. If you point it at my head, I'm going to, you know, shit my bridges.
3: It's survival, baby. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Those instincts are there for a reason. (laughs)
0: Um, were there any more grades there? Yeah. Sheesh. Oh, well, the quote on Almost Human
4: was actually right on track, right on with what Christiana was saying. Uh, it doesn't quite work as a sci fi drama, but as an off kilter sci fi comedy, it's charming. Um, mm-hmm. Straddles both lines. Uh, mm-hmm. They had The Blacklist, which they gave an A minus. Mm. I've
2: heard good things, but I haven't watched any of
4: them. Yeah, yeah, that's the
3: one I think we watched the first episode mm-hmm. for. And we kind of dropped off, but Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure if we did it intentionally or just. Yeah, Yeah. Well,
4: there were so many things coming that we decided it wasn't going to make the cut. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I ended up watching all of them and, you know, James Spader carry carries the show. And if you are a fan, it, it works. And if, uh, you know, the repetition of some of the stories that they have, um, that bothers you, you. You probably dropped off before the end of the season, but it did have, like the final two episodes were, you know, uh continuation of the story and tied up some of the questions they had very mm-hmm. well. So, it definitely uh kept kept going for me as far as uh, a must watch. So.
3: Right on.
4: Their quote, uh, thankfully there's been more to the blacklist than the faux silence of the lamb setup suggested by the pilot, despite its tendency to let oh, I forget the main character's name.
2: James well, Les James Spader is Spader. the actor, right? Despite
4: the tendency to let Spader keep winning at the cost of those he's theoretically helping, yeah. Um, and then Dracula gave a C C+. <laughs> what?
3: Yeah, which
0: none of us
4: have watched. Is that right? Yeah, I no. don't think
3: any of us have watched that. Yeah. Did you watch that, JC?
1: No, no. I've got no. a friend. i got a friend who's kind of like, kind of like, involved in the show, but I don't. But I haven't watched
4: it. it had, there's a space out there for a glossier, more knowingly pulpy Downton Abbey. Perhaps even with things, but this isn't it.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> and then they had a bunch of other uh, non-Spec Vic. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, they gave an A and said that it's just like, it's uh. must-see. It's like firing on all cylinders now. And it's funny because mm. la- I think it was just last night. Vivid switched over to Brooklyn Nine-Nine and says, hey, it's been a because while. Let's see where it's at.
3: And it, they showed it a nominated- rerun. Mm. <laughs> the yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, it was
3: nominated for an Emmy or Andy Andy Samberg. Yeah. Was there something? I was like, all right, he, all right, all right, fine. I'll try it again. He won.
0: So he won for best comedic actor. So, uh, so
3: I decided to try it again, and it was a goddamn rerun. One of the ones I yeah. didn't like from the beginning of the season. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. try again um, next week. So the oh, other
4: wow. ones are what you'd expect. I one quote that was funny. They gave the show Dads, which is what uh, Seth Green. Seth. And, yeah, they gave it an oh, F. Right. And
5: mm-hmm.
4: the quote was. There was almost no way it couldn't improve after that pilot, but instead it found some way to get worse. (laughs) Wow. That's bad.
3: back and do Greg the bunny again. That's really bad. Uh, I think that's probably my favorite thing that he's ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Buffy. Yeah.
1: Buffy. So yeah,
3: Greg, the bunny is my favorite thing that sets (laughs) up. She never watched. (laughs) Ha ha ha. I'm not a Buffy uh, girl. No. I'm a Buffy movie girl. I loved the movie, yeah. but I never watched the show. That's
1: surprising, Viv. I would have pinned you uh, the other way. That sounded vaguely erotic. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> Which <laughs> I way would have, that I, be, I, JC? I, I thought that you would have liked the series
2: more than you did. Hmm. We might uh, have to have yeah. that conversation in more depth
4: another yeah. time. Yeah, yeah I think sure it warrants that it.
1: would. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Just on part of a consumption, not a whole.
0: Thing, don't worry, sweetie. Um, <laughs> I did want to mention to I, I have kept up with Helix. Um,
2: yeah, I'm still watching that. that although I'm pretty in, annoyed that the character that I liked the most had something bad happen.
0: Oh, <laughs>
3: don't spoil. We're behind, aren't we?
0: We watched the pilot, so I won't say anymore. I won't yeah, say, yeah, I won't it say who that. it is. Don't say who it but, is, uh, but yeah. yeah um, <laughs> I'm still having the major issues with the ID, the idea that C D C operatives scientists would act in the way that these
2: people yeah, act and the the problem but, is it it's it's one thing if they're just making up a whole bunch of stuff, then that's one thing. But when they clearly seem to be trying to get a bunch of details right, but then some of them are just like hilariously wrong that's when it really jars for me, especially since just like some of that stuff when you're dealing with clean rooms and just, you know, pharmaceutical laboratories and that sort of thing. Like I know some of that stuff. And so it just really stands out to me when it's kind of like, Oh, so you did a 10 minute test with two rats and now you're sure that it's not airborne so much that you're going to take your breathing (laughs) mask off. off off Yeah. The rats you just tested. Like,
3: and but i mean no. the guy, but, then, <laughs> but then the dude with her is like oh yeah takes his off too so i mean really well then
4: yeah somebody else yeah. had whipped theirs off before they even got to that point and said well clearly yeah. it's, it's well in the base and not everybody died so clearly it's not airborne i'm like
2: i I'm that's mostly a really just get annoyed assumption. when it's well and the thing is i'm willing to forgive some of that because just the realities of tv production they don't want to cast yeah. actors and then have them in masks all the time true but uh, at the same time, sometimes you just sort of feel like it wouldn't have really been that hard to do it better than you did. And uh, but so I'm I'm liking it. OK, I'm not going to stop watching it, but I do have quibbles with the show that I'm not persuaded. I'm not convinced that it's not going to just degenerate as opposed to uh, improve.
0: Uh, and if you do catch up they, they they do have a good like ending to this last episode as far as uh the the the, the main villain or you know the guy running the the um the, the base uh you know his Kataki. interaction yes his interactions with certain characters but is
2: he really the, the villain we don't know maybe he's helix's swerengine engine.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now what now we we actually
2: already started i'll just
3: Keep watching. <laughs> what episode are they on now?
2: I think um, four was the one that was just this past Friday.
0: Okay. Yeah, depending on if you watch, yeah, if you, if you consider the pilot to two episodes, then well, four.
2: yeah, so that's how they're numbering so, it. They yes. consider the two-hour premiere is episodes one and, one and
0: two. two. So they've and had then, four. So the, oh, okay. That's okay. how they're numbering. Two it. more
3: episodes.
0: Okay. Four hours worth of show. Uh, hmm. Cool. Uh, but that's all I'll I Yeah.
2: Well, the only other one that I'll do is just just a quick recommendation that Adult Swim's new cartoon, uh, Rick and Morty, from uh, Dan Harmon, is really funny, and I like it a lot. So, uh, just the sort of the one sentence premise is that if we imagine, like the the whole classic, um, you know the the dynamic of Marty McFly and Doc Brown. But we say, okay, well, but let's imagine that you have that sort of a relationship where the scientist is not this uh, good-natured, absent-minded scientist with no ill intentions, but have him actually be kind of an alcoholic creep, um, <laughs> but uh, still have that dynamic where he has just decided to take in this this young boy to be his assistant. Um, and then they just have various madcap sci-fi adventures and so it's it's pretty good i like it a lot rick
3: and morty
2: rick and morty it's and it's on uh, cartoon network as part of their adult swim blog Uh i think they've had like five or six full episodes but sometimes they're split into two shorter
3: chunks gotcha i haven't seen that one
0: you were talking about that and i just had an archer
3: did you guys see the back Archer? for the last one? yeah
0: Archer's good too. Oh, I love it. A dick trap. That's all. Pam yeah, was
3: downright scary this episode. Do you watch Archer, JC? I don't watch
1: much TV. I'm sorry, guys. No, I'm that's sorry. right. Awesome. I'm the square.
3: Uh, no, you're, you're uh, probably getting a lot more
0: time than any of us. Yeah, you're the, one, yeah, you're the are. one. That's why we talk about the shows that we, and we consume and we try to get people <laughs> in that create that actually, you know.
3: But, uh, yeah. a bullshit on Wednesday nights oh. But I
1: like bullshitting on a Wednesday night <laughs> Oh
4: my god So good to know uh, <laughs> a couple only... news items news, Yeah go ahead A couple short things One is um, there was an HBO executive On giving some, inter- some interview And I don't know if he was the president of HBO Or what some But important dude Who basically said They know people are sharing their HBO Go accounts <laughs> And they really just don't care.
2: Good. I'm, I'm
4: glad
0: because yeah. I've
4: been doing I that. I mean,
2: I have one, <laughs> but I have given that account login to a couple of different people.
4: Yeah. Okay. Um. Some and a lot of people are taking that and just going, "Hey, it's a free for all," you know. And and then, but other people are like, "Well, listen to what he says. He says, yeah, we know it's happening. Yeah, we think right now it's just great advertising. Our goal yeah. is to create mm-hmm. addicts,
3: right? Yes. Yeah. And so, and what do you do
4: after you give the first hit for free? That's you just take it like, away." <laughs>
3: And you you charge, charge money, so right. <laughs> Besides, it's not like, like you know,
2: infinitely multipliable. I mean, for yeah. example, if I give my account info to someone else and they're watching a show, I can't log in and yeah. watch a, sh- a different show at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's it's one account that gets used at one place at a time. So you yeah. can't just give it to a hundred people because then none of them will ever get to watch it because it only gets used by one person at a time.
4: I didn't know if it so, actually did cut people off or not.
2: It it does. You you have to it be does. logged in to watch, and it won't let you log in if you're logged in already from some other device or
0: computer. Yeah, right on. It's yeah, just that's like um, put,
3: no. Go ahead, PG. I
0: was just gonna say this is just like the story that that came out a couple of years ago when you know it was released that or set, stated that Game of Thrones is the most pirated mm-hmm. show in history and hbo is like well we don't really care because we see the numbers going up with, yeah. with our subscribers you know so and it's, dvd
3: it's, sales and merch and all that mm-hmm. stuff
0: if we create yeah. people that love the show they're going to come get our networks
4: so. and netflix did a similar thing for a while there was rumors that there was a netflix cap on streams and at first they just they weren't enforcing at all And then they quietly enforced it to, and now it's an official policy that your $8 account allows two streams, two simultaneous streams. And they're, they're looking at possibly adding, you know, an extra four bucks a month to get four more streams, simultaneous streams Mm -hmm. for families. Mm -hmm. Um, could be interesting.
3: That's a pretty good damn deal.
4: And then there was some star Wars news that, uh, the first was that JJ announced that he has completed the script for
3: mm-hmm.
4: episode seven. Um, it's been, con- or Carrie Fisher confirmed in an interview that she will be in episode seven. And she made statements that Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford would be on it, but they haven't confirmed. Mark mm-hmm. Hamill said in some other thing, kind of a non-committal that he he knows that R2-D2 is going to be in it. Yeah. Um, but- <laughs> But what I have found more interesting he's was-
0: He's still alive? Yeah. Oh, he passed <laughs> R- away. R2-D2, R-
3: man. He's
4: was working on Corvette R2-D2's R- forever.
3: Uh,
4: there, uh, another article was, oh, that they have assigned, Disney has assigned a, uh, a guy to basically trim the cannon down that there is the mm-hmm. expanded universe of all the novels and the other television shows and the video right. games, and they're taking chainsaws, and they are... It sounds like essentially they're saying the movies are canon, period. Yeah. And then they softened it a little and said there may be some elements because there's a lot of things that 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 hardcore Star Wars fans just love from the novels. Yeah. And a hmm. lot of it's good, but most of it's crap. So, But they're definitely going to shake it up. And what it sounds like they're doing is... They're trying to free up the movies and not have them chained down and a whole bunch of continuity yeah. stuff.
3: Right. That, well, that makes
4: sense. And let it go. You know, how many directions could it go if there's all this canon yeah. out there? I,
2: well, right. that's I mean, the thing is that as much as it, I'm sure hurts the feelings of people who are, are super into the expanded universe and have really enjoy a lot of that stuff. you know, we can understand why they would, not like cuz like those books are not going to go away it's just going to, they're going to be officially declared non-canon which people don't like imagining that cuz they like imagining that it that right. is what really happened right but uh you know they're making a a big new movie for millions of people not the thousands of people who have read some of these books you know yeah. so they they can't tie themselves to the 150 different tie-in novels that have tried to chronicle mm-hmm. what's going to happen after yeah after return of the jedi it's so they had to do this it's it would it would be crazy for them not to um so yeah
0: i mean they had people had to know it was coming they had series of novels with you know Han, han and leia's kids and you know if the movies are going in that sort of direction you know they don't want to have to worry about any sort of Mm-hmm. Well these, these stories are supposedly canon and you're doing this you can it's different, blah blah blah. So yeah.
2: They just need awesome. to uh they need to do it uh like Marvel Comics and just like there's the six one six universe, and there's the <laughs> ultimate universe, and there's all the different right. little parallel realities, and you just imagine that all these books took place on one of those parallel realities.
0: Yeah, and then there's the thirty three universe. And <laughs> we have to have uh <laughs> that canon to be brought out. now. I just wanted to (laughs) take this opportunity to thank uh, JC once again for joining us this evening. Um,
2: Oh, we're not wrapping up. Are we, I had one more thing.
0: Oh, okay. Well, yeah,
2: it's a movie though. And we didn't, we didn't get onto a category. So I was waiting. Okay. Um, I saw (laughs) her on Sunday, the, uh, Uh, um, best picture nominated movie from, uh, uh, Spike Jones, who, uh, He has previously directed movies like Being John Malkovich Mm -hmm. and um, Adaptation, for example. But uh, this one is – I actually hadn't fully realized this is his first one that he wrote and directed. Um, First feature, I think. And uh, what I'll say is I think it's objectively a very good movie like just for anyone – but for me, it seems so perfectly calibrated to like what I want out of a movie that it became my absolute number one favorite for the year. Just Wow. And I wow. absolutely loved it. And um, it actually really resonated with me on a number of things that are actually like more personal than I would even get into on a podcast like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is that I absolutely loved it. I can't guarantee that everyone else will love it as much as I did, but Mm. I think it's very good and it's an easy recommendation to anyone because it's. um, if anyone's not familiar with the premise, the simple one sentence version of the premise is that uh, it's in the near future. They've just released like an operating system for your computer, but it's the world's first artificially intelligent operating system. But you have a main character who basically falls in love with this artificial intelligence that lives in his computer. But it's very intelligent. Well, I guess um, Matt Wallace talked about it last yes, week. Yes, we talked about And so week. I echo everything he said about it. It's smart speculative fiction. has a surprisingly touching and moving um, emotional core. The characters are great. It's a great movie. I really, really loved it.
4: There was another really good Wired article that's specifically talking about the world building and how they got technology out of the way because that's mm-hmm. how they envision it. When things become ubiquitous, Yeah. that it does disappear, it falls to the mm-hmm. background, and mm-hmm. it's if you're paying attention, it's it's all there. The future is there. Yeah.
3: yeah. How
4: the, that the master mastered the subtlety of it.
3: Mm-hmm. So are we going to sit in a theater? Is that what that means, Cheech?
0: Yeah. For sure. Okay. Probably Saturday. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> wow. Well, you guys right. got date night. Very good.
3: Surprise. <laughs> Yay.
4: Maybe tomorrow
0: night.
3: All right. Oh,
0: oh, down. oh wow. it down summer now.
1: Maybe yeah, right now. <laughs> I midnight, <summer.
0: laughs> midnight movie. Let's go.
2: Surprise. We're all going right now. Yay! Everybody, you'll find plane tickets in your email.
3: <laughs> Yay. Oh, God.
0: Uh, I did have actually one movie to somewhat recommend. I, I saw just on Showtime, uh, the woman in black, uh, oh, the, Yeah,
2: the Daniel Radcliffe one, right? The Daniel Radcliffe
0: Radcliffe. And I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it.
3: The um, woman in black. Oh, I remember trailers Worldwide. when it was, yeah.
0: it's a ghost story movie, a uh, horror movie. Um, you know, and, uh, it's, uh, it has, uh, Kieran Hines, uh, uh, the guy who plays the um uh, the the Wildling King in Game of Thrones uh, is uh, a character in the in the in this movie. So um, um it's Isn't a, it nice like of it. us
3: not to mock you for not remembering that name from the book that we've been podcasting for three years. I know. I remembered <laughs> the actor's nice name
0: though. Uh and see you jumping oh. in and correcting me. So uh it's
2: something like What's Dance me? Fader <laughs>
0: Voldemort.
4: Mazer Rackham.
0: Uh but uh you know it's it's a little I mean it's a ghost story, uh but it it goes a little bit in directions you you don't expect. Um uh but uh you know he Daniel Radcliffe's very good in it. Um, cool. so uh, it's it was a good watch. And uh Kim who does not like horror or violence uh too much in movies she enjoyed it because it was uh, really it was violent but or you know, the horror stuff but it, it was it was subdued not graphic so it was yeah, uh, scary it's good creepy. watch creepy movie. yeah creepy
2: yeah. and Aww. if i may make a minor plug if anyone wants um lots lots more movie talk um my friend mike and i uh have just launched what we always do every year which is a uh oscar movie marathon where we just try to make an effort to see as many of the nominated films as we can. And then we talk about them. So the, the kickoff episode of that is, is online at my site right now, christianaellis.com. And there will be more as we see more of the movies. Mm-hmm. Woo-hoo.
0: Oh yeah. I also got this book by this hack, uh, Scott Sigler. Ah, um, yeah. That's yeah. where I
2: was last week. <laughs> I know. Uh,
0: so pandemic, uh, i read the first couple chapters. Uh, you know, it's the third book in a series. So, uh, Picks up, uh, you know, where it's left mm-hmm. off, and um, you know it's going to be a ride. You can tell that already. So, uh, uh, looking forward mm-hmm. to. Getting Did into you read
3: that. it yet, Christiana?
2: Um, I'm I'm only a few chapters into.
0: So I'm right. sure we'll talk more about that t- at some point in the future. Um, right on. So, JC, where sure. can people find information about the 33?
3: And all right the other goodness. Right down there. Or
1: is it there
0: there yeah the 33.net
1: yeah so so uh yeah if you uh, guys are interested in learning more about this crazy wackadoo project that has been in my head for far too it's like the muppet show in there, guys and uh, and even though through all that noise and all that craziness i finally was able to to get it out on the page uh, i hope you guys enjoy it check it out yeah the 33.net and like I, and like i said um you know, it's going to be available in print. And I know that some of you guys, I mean, I'm sorry, text. I know that some of you guys really like to read your books with your ears. And so I made sure that I, I took care of my, my podcast uh, peeps by having a, the audio option there. Um, but one of the neat things, and this is now this is a little shameless, as if this whole thing wasn't just one big uh-huh. sh- shill fest for me, right? Is that? Nice. But if you visit the, the 33.net, um, there is a place on that webpage that it sends you to to sign up for a newsletter. And if you if you do that, you're gonna get um thirty-three percent off your first purchase. Um, oh, I got mine. Yeah. <laughs> <That's laughs> of On episode one. Yeah. So I mean, so if the if the episode so like if you wanted to buy the audiobook for three bucks, you get a buck off. Boom. Just like that. Simple math. So so I mean that's one more and you'll get a free um excerpt in print and in audio. So you can kind of give it a test spin to see if it's something that you like. So it's, totally worry free. Um, but I hope you enjoy it. And guys, I am absolutely honored and so very grateful that you had me on the show. Thank you.
0: Well, you're, you're very welcome. And anytime absolutely. you, uh, if you have any, any deadwood wood or some, some <laughs> life changing, uh, consumption that you, uh, have and you need to talk about it, we are always here. And, uh, Love to have you back on.
2: Even if you just start coughing up blood into a hanky, you know, (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: well, and here, you know, and, and let me just, let me just pose this to your, to your, to your, your audience, which is of course like if, remember what I said earlier in the episode, if the 33 is monetarily successful, I will be hiring my friends. (laughs) <laughs> on this very podcast <laughs> to write to write episodes and seasons two and in spinoffs. So, right, so you're not just supporting, right. right. You're not supporting me. You're supporting all of us. Go team. Uh, so, yeah. So th- again. Um, thank you for, uh, for, for indulging my, my motor mouth, uh, for the past few hours. I'm very grateful that you had <laughs> total
3: pleasure. Total pleasure.
0: And to everybody else, uh, thanks for watching, and listening. If, uh, if you are, uh, watching on YouTube after the fact, uh, leave comments there and we'll try to bring them up on the next show. Or uh, if you are uh, listening to the audio version, you can leave comments over at specficmedia.com. Uh, we also have a call in line at 704 981
3: sfm I really want a drunk dial on that, at least you guys.
0: I know. At it's least put it, you, put it in Sounds your phone good. as a drunk dial.
3: I put it in my. I don't want to call it drunk. I want somebody else to call it drunk. You <laughs> know what I sound like drunk. <laughs>
0: uh, but thanks again for joining us. And uh, we're going to take next week off. Or I am because I've, uh, I've got my 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 father is coming to town so as well. Oh
5: cool. Take cool. next
0: uh, Wednesday off, and we'll be back in a couple weeks uh, with another episode of Consumption. Bye everybody.
3: Bye. Thank you. Bye. Casey. Thank
0: you guys.
1: <laughs> so, well, uh, uh, thank
4: you so much for being. Oh
3: my God! That that
4: huge. Ah, my, <laughs> my
0: chair just broke.
3: God damn! <laughs> were... Go take oh, care I, of your I,
0: man. Holy I shit! I Go hope,
3: take care of your man, girl. I, I hope good
0: good you're recording.
4: Yeah.
3: Thank you for listening to specficmedia.com presents Consumption. If you'd like to send feedback, questions, comments, suggestions, complaints, you can email us at consumption at specficmedia.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 704-981-1SFM. That's 704 981 Nine eight If you'd rather leave comments on our website you can find posts for each show at specficmedia.com This podcast is released under Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial share alike, 3.0 unported license. Feel free to share and remix just give us credit and don't charge money for it